0: Welcome to Undrafted, a dynasty game theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, aka Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at dino game theory. This is episode 52. We've made it a year. And uh, let's roll. We've got a we've got a special uh special episode this week. We're doing a full NFL preview. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We're going to do win totals, over/unders, a lot of uh, little dynasty tidbits that we're going to take away from from each team. So we're going to go team by team. And uh, with me today is, is my esteemed partner, the producer of this wonderful podcast, Mr. Michael P. Duncan. Mr. Michael P. Duncan in the house. What's up, Mike?
1: Oh, nothing much, man. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be on this side of the mic. And uh, I'm excited to really dive deep into all this. You've made me uh, really think about a lot of things that you know, I feel like a lot of times you just kind of you have in the back of your mind. But once you have to put pen to paper and really go through these win totals, these teams, it uh, it's a lot harder. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, I think you get a lot out of it. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, we're going to go team by team and,
0: and and pick out all the, you know, the, the, the fantasy goodness we can find and try and find the landmines that people are stepping in. And, you know, yesterday I, I sent out a tweet, too, and, you know, I did. Uh, Team by team projections and player by player projections for the entire NFL, you know, after the cuts and after the sort of the roster finalizations, and there'll still be some more changes. You know, you see some, uh, you know, Colin Johnson went to the Giants and things like that. You know, all sorts of stuff like that, but nothing really big. And you can kind of, uh, you know, figure out what the the end of the bench will look like. What you know, wide receivers three, four, five on each team kind of look like, and you know how many tight ends were kept. Obviously uh, Chris hernan going to Minnesota, things like that. You know, all those types of things sort of shake out and now we have a pretty good idea, but you know, without further ado, I, I say we get this thing rolling. What do you say, buddy? Yeah, we got a lot to cover. So I say we get right into it. <laughs> yeah, we sure do, man. 32 teams and with, uh, with, with Mr. Game Theory on the mic, that might take a uh, four and a half days. I have well, no Well, that's clue. why
1: I'm here. We're going to edit <laughs> it out. We're going to keep you moving. We're going to make sure they're getting their money's worth in this one.
0: Yeah, they're gonna have to, brother. Well, let's let's start in the AFC. We're gonna do the AFC first, so this is gonna be the AFC part. We'll we'll break it down in two parts, so you guys can get the, uh, you know, the the full bang for the buck, as Mister P. Duncan says. And uh, we'll we'll start with the AFC South. So we'll kind of just go through team by team, but division by division, and we'll see if you and I agree how these divisions will shake out. And certainly starting in the cellar with the AFC South. I've got the Houston Texans there in the bottom. I can't imagine you see it any different.
1: Oh, no, absolutely not. They are (laughs) a miserable, terrible team. Um, They have a couple good players that are completely overshadowed by a head coach that, uh, you know, has no experience and a lot of really old position players that have too much experience so yeah
0: yeah yeah they're both the the worst team in the league and the oldest team in the league they which are is yeah
1: a, an That's amazing hard to do. Feat.
0: it's amazing it's unbelievable that they've been able to do this I mean if that was the goal you know they, it's like you couldn't even do this I mean this is unbelievable so yeah I've got them at one win just because I don't want them going undefeated uh, you know totally defeated uh, they might need to get that win in week one as they host the Jaguars after yep. that it gets rough so I mean they might win two or three games, but I could never imagine, you know, banging the over with real money on this team, even if Deshaun were to play all season. What'd they win last year? Like five games and he was yep. unbelievable. So under. And uh I, I think that's an easy one. What do you say?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm going under two. Their Vegas line is four wins. I gave them two. You know, weird things happen. You know, there's yep. always that one game, like I feel like every couple weeks where, you know, the final score is like three nothing. That's the type <laughs> of game they could win where the other team just kind of like forgot to sleep the night before and they're just accomplishing nothing on the field. Um, and I think Tyrod Taylor might be able to sneak him a win just using his athleticism. And he's an experienced quarterback. Um, Brandon cooks could take one of the house, you know, it's possible, but you're, you're spot on. They're not gonna, they're not going to blow out the over. Uh, I think if you're betting the over, you're just throwing money in the garbage. So,
0: yeah, it would have to be, I mean, like literally they have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and Deshaun Watson. And even if he plays, it's hard to bet that over. That's how bad the the squad is. So, um, in terms of dynasty, you know, there's a few guys I like here. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to, uh, like nico collins and imagine the terrible luck of nico collins going from the shitty michigan team to the shittiest houston texans team woof yeah
1: yeah i like nico too um and actually i i you know it's weird for a team that we just you know shit on um i like nico collins and i like brandon cooks um nico is definitely more of a stash i don't think he's doing anything this year probably not going to do too much next year, depending on what their quarterback situation is. But long-term, I think he's got talent. Um, but Brandon Cooks is a guy that, you know, I, th- God, I think he's only like 26 or something. He's been with what feels like eight NFL franchises over 10 years, and he's got like 100,000-yard seasons. But he produces consistently. He's the only guy. He's going to get peppered with targets. Tyrod does like to throw the ball deep as far- as long as he's starting um, and as long as Cooks is healthy. So I think he's a value in Dynasty right now, and he should be a free agent after this season. So people don't want him and I don't blame them, but I think the future can be bright. The past has been bright and I don't feel the need to fade him any more than he already really has been with an ADP of like the eighth or ninth round in most startups. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, you know, the, the, the danger there for me with Brandon cooks has always been the concussions, yeah. um, you know, which I'm always afraid of, you know, one good pop could, could end his career, even though he's young and he's still very athletic. And I, I really feel bad for him actually, you know, being on this team as well. It's just yeah. really tough. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. He, wherever he went, he produced. You know, one of the things about this team, even with those targets, like I projected Brandon Cooks for about 120 targets this year, but how good are those targets going to be? Um, you know, how, what's his what's his catch percentage, yards per target, touchdown percentage should all be not good. Uh, you know, I, I struggle to get him to eight, just, you know, almost 900 yards and four touchdowns. And, you know, that'll be fine. Uh, Nico Collins, I think, should see the second most amount of targets on the team just because there's really nobody else. I mean, they've got Chris Conley, Anthony Miller, right? These guys. But, you know, if you're throwing the football and you've got Nico Collins and you're going nowhere, you might as well develop that kid. And so I, I like Nico this year. You know, again, maybe 40, 50 catches, four 500 yards. I mean, that's what else is he going to be able to do? That's not bad for a
1: rookie year. And yeah, I think it is. Of- It is important to note that their new head coach, you know, as much as he doesn't have any experience being a coach, David Culley, he has been a wide receiver coach in this league for a very long time with a good track record of a wide receiver coach. So, um, granted, you know, he was with the Ravens and their miserable wide receiver core, but um, I don't think it's crazy to think that, you know, Nico Collins could be in a decent place to develop over the long term um, while obviously keeping the expectations tempered for the short term.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, in a couple of deep leagues, I mean, we play in one ourselves, the undrafted uh, league. I, I grabbed Pharaoh Brown, uh, who projects as the potential starting tight end. I don't think he'll do anything, you know, down the line or anything. It's not like a a, a stash where you want to keep him and play him. But he could be one of those guys you pick up. He shows, he flashes, he might even, who knows, score a touchdown, you know, and, and, and become a tight end one in one week. And you got to flip him for just anything. So he's free ninety nine now, and he could net you a second or third round pick if he if he shows. So that's kind of what what you can be looking at deep deep on that Houston Texans team. Do you want uh, any of
1: these running backs?
0: That oh, that's another good question. I mean, the run no to answer your question, not really at all. But if there is one, it's probably Philip Lindsay. I think yeah. he's the one with the juice, and you know, I mean. You, you can just see it, right? David Johnson up the middle for two. David Johnson minus one. You know, it's just going to be like he's going to have these lines where you're like, you know, 13 carries for 32 yards. You're gonna be like, what am I doing with David Johnson on my team? And so not really. And and once David Johnson and or Mark Ingram get hurt, Philip Lindsay may be a sort of flexy play, uh, you know, in the middle of the season. So I think he's one of those guys. But I wouldn't reach for him. And, you know, no. depending on the format, if it's a – sort of a redraft 10 or 12 team league, I would not draft anybody on this team whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, if Brandon Cooks falls far enough, uh, particularly in best ball, I've found myself drafting him because, again, like they're not going to be valuable targets, but he's got the speed, he's got the talent to take one to the house. Um, so I think he's a little more valuable there because he's still on a major discount because of the injuries and because of the team that is the Texans. But uh, totally I'm right agree. there with you. I totally agree. Really,
0: yeah, the, really the, the difference in, yeah the difference in formats really matter right so you know best ball you might want a guy like Brandon Cooks but in a redraft league I'm pretty much staying away from the entire team I don't want anything to do with them in redraft dynasty sometimes is different too because sometimes you're you know you're just scrapping for a little bit of production to fill a flex a deep flex or something like that but yeah in in general fade the entire team except for Nico Collins and in dynasty I guess you can you can make that case and who do you have next? I mean, this is an interesting division—the in the, uh, AFC South. We probably spent too much time on the worst team in the NFL, but yeah. you know, hey, this is the undrafted podcast. Welcome to it. Uh, who do you got next?
1: I have the Jags. Uh, I have them on the under. I believe their over/under is six and a half for Vegas. I have them. On, I have them getting four wins. Um, there you go. I have five. So we're we're, yeah. we're
0: seeing it the same.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is, you know, he's still a generational talent. I don't think that's changed. Losing Travis Etienne does hurt, Um, but they've got, I think, a better wide receiving core than people want to admit, because I don't think Marvin Jones is, you know, I don't think he's washed. I think he's still talented. Yep. Um, And I think they have enough talent to win a few games, but not enough to overcome a rookie quarterback, a head coach that I don't believe in, in the slightest and a lot, uh, you know, a lackluster roster overall. So I've met about four wins. Absolutely. I think the
0: defense is atrocious. I think they're going to get scored upon yep. on, at, at will. I think you're right about the coaching staff being inexperienced at best, if mm. not terrible. Um, it's possible. I'm just very unsure of Urban Meyer. We don't know. At the, ver- at the very least, we're uncertain. Um, you know... W- One thing I would want to talk about while we're here, yeah, they've got the three wide receivers. I really think all three of them get around 100 targets, and give or take, uh, I don't think anybody's going to get 150, and I don't think any one of those three, barring injury, will get very much less than you know 90-ish. So I think they're all right there. Um, I I feel really good about those three. Yeah, James Robinson, I had him at uh, running back 18, as you point out, and it's like, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be a ton of touchdowns scored. I do think he'll be able to get a, a pretty good target share. I'm not so sure that uh, that that he, you know, I guess I was surprised because I was thinking about moving him up and up and up into that maybe you know borderline RB one spot just behind maybe a Najee Harris, um, and I, I don't think that's right. I think I'm going to probably like him in that second group uh, a little bit better. Uh, So, you know, for whatever that's worth, I think James Robinson is is probably a, you know, a third round uh, pick, not a second round pick in a redraft setting. And I think he's going to be a very solid play this year, but not not spectacular.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I love James Robinson. I've loved him since he uh, didn't get drafted. Um, But, you know, I. I've been thinking a lot about it since obviously the Travis Etienne injury. And I think that he's probably a value in drafts because at least in the couple of redrafts that I've done already, like he is going in more like that fourth to fifth range because people are unsure his ADP hasn't completely adjusted. I think yes. he's probably a value there. Yes. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't think he's necessarily going to be As good as he was last year, because I think Carlos Hyde will get some run. I think LaVisca Chenault will get some run. But James Robinson, more than likely, is the most talented of them, at least at running back in particular, and should be more efficient in you know the running game comparatively to what he was last year. And also Trevor Lawrence loves to check the ball down. He did it a lot in college, obviously ETN was there, but um I think that his receiving totals probably go up a little bit. I think they're a bit more meaningful on this offense. Um but I don't think he gets the, you know, the 90%, 100% workload that he was getting last year. Um when you even have guys like Dalvin Cook that are hovering around, you know, like 60, 70%. Like Yeah. That, that's really what it comes down
0: to for me is that, you know, in order for him to have gotten where he got uh, last year, he had to get the most uh, running back share of all time, you know, basically. And, uh, you know, last 20 years. Yeah, I was going to say, since we
1: stopped using workhorses.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's unreasonable to expect no matter the circumstances. Yep. But uh, so so circumstances be damned. But we do have Carlos Hyde who's kind of their you know, I mean, they're going to... They love him, you know. The front office loved him. Uh, Urban Meyer loves him, so he's yep. going to get some empty carries and sort of take away some of that, you know, that carry ceiling. And I think this is a sneaky one in Dynasty, especially. And I've picked him up in a few spots in Dynasty. as Daria Gumbawale uh, seems to be their pass down back. I looked at their um, their depth chart release, and they showed him as the starting running back the second starting running back, so to speak. Yeah. So they're sort of starting third down running back was Daria Gumbawale. Now that means nothing. You yeah. could get zero play, but, uh, it sounds like he's kind of locked into that role. Um, and geez, I mean, you know, uh, Urban Meyer was talking about Kadarius, Tony, ETN, Chanel, you know, what if a Wale finds himself into a pretty healthy passing down role, which is very possible that also mitigates James Robinson ceiling. Yeah. I don't know that Agumba is a huge play on his own. Maybe in deeper dynasty leagues, which is where I've kind of grabbed him a couple spots. But you know, he could just
1: hurt James Robinson enough to make him a you know a, a low end RB two. Yeah, I think that's mainly what it is. I mean, I, he's definitely worth a stash in deep dynasty leagues because running backs are running backs, and that's you right. never know what's going to happen. But I do think that, you know, in most leagues, on a general week-to-week basis, he's probably just going to do enough that it hurts James Robinson it takes away some of that pass game work. Because I do think it's only really going to be Robinson and... Um, uh, Daria Gumbawale when it comes to, you know, out of the backfield. I guess maybe Passing a little game. LaVisca. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully LaVisca. That'd be fun. Yeah, so... So, um, this, this AFC South, you know, is kind of dog shit a
0: little bit, and I think it's going to be a struggling uh you know a division especially when you look at the bottom two the top two i could have them almost anywhere uh but health has been a little bit of a concern and with the with the colts as they continue to have guys go down but you know they're getting guys back too you know uh, it sounds like carson wentz is activated and ready to go uh they lose ty hilton uh who do you have out of the titans and colts uh winning this division and therefore who do you have next
1: so I have the uh, Titans winning the uh, winning the division. So I have the Colts next at nine wins and I sneak preview. I have the Titans at 10. So not by a long shot, but, um, you know, I have them pretty close, but I do think the Titans are probably the better team. I have it about the same. I
0: have them at eight and nine wins, Colts, Titans. Um, just fading this division a slight bit is really the reason, as are you actually at nine and 10. Yeah. That's not exactly uh, making them world beaters. So, um So let's talk about the Colts real quick. We we started in with with uh, with Wentz. Uh, What Hmm. are you seeing in Indianapolis? Uh, Because I've got some thoughts here as well.
1: What I'm seeing are bad vibes. I mean, I'm not like (laughs) a big like vibe guy or whatever, but like as you know, I've always been one of the biggest Carson Wentz fans there were. Uh, You know, I loved him in Philly. He was one of my favorite players. Um, But man, it's just it's been miserable over there um just injury after injury carson has missed you know the majority of training camp for one reason or the other along with you know half his offensive line it feels like ty hilton is uh you know uh starting wide receiver who i actually was i was pretty happy grabbing him in you know like the later rounds this year in a lot of drafts um because i do think that he was a value um i think it hurts that he's not going to be out there um but carson is used to throwing to you know baggers from the grocery store so maybe that's fine but i mean jonathan taylor is the only guy i'm excited about and even there it's like the vibes are so bad on this team that i don't i don't find myself drafting jonathan taylor because i don't know if his upside could possibly get to what i want it to be on what is this very um you know mess of a team right now
0: Yeah, the Colts' fade is real. Um, The injuries were certainly staggering. People were a little bit concerned, rightfully so, about Carson Wentz to begin with. Um, Their backup quarterback, Sam Ellinger, out for the year. So now it's Eason, uh, you know, who, you know, I think they'd be better off with Tony Eason. But, um, you know, nonetheless, Uh, I think the value here is with Pittman and Paris Campbell. Yep. And for me also, Mo alley Cox. Yep. Um, you know, I feel like a tight end is, and of course Zach Pascal now with Ty Hilton now. Zach Pascal is an absolute value. I accidentally dropped him in a league where I made some transact. You know, the waiver wires or so deep. Yeah. And I went right back out and got him again. Like I was like, oh shit, you know, it's not like. <laughs> you know, it's Zach Pascal, but still it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get my drift. I mean, yeah. here's a guy who's put up some pretty decent numbers in this offense in two years in a row and, you know, insert Carson Wentz. And, you know, I think this could be, I think the, the fade has gone too far. Let's just put it that way. I yeah. think they're going to be better than, than that. Their defense is pretty solid. They should have a pretty decent running game that should help Carson Wentz and play action. You know, I, I, I was buying Carson Wentz kind of all over the place in the off season. Everybody was kind of just dumping them. I've got Carson Wentz now on a, on a great number of Superflex leagues, and it's not like something I'm yep. super proud of, but you know the production he'll give you, it's kind of like Cam Newton last year. I, I had Cam just everywhere because he was cheap, and he delivered on that. You know, I mean, he was awful, but he delivered in fantasy. We could see something similar with Carson Wentz, but I would be targeting all these pass catchers, specifically Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal, um, and again, Molly Cox. I think there's going to be some value there.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I guess what I said, I maybe I don't even agree with myself when I said it about the fact that I'm only really excited about Jonathan Taylor. But I actually I, I like I think that it's going to be hard to identify who the pass catcher is on a week to week basis, maybe Agreed. until we really get going because it's yep. a new offense. It's a new quarterback. And T.Y. Hilton is gone. I, I think Michael Pittman's probably the favorite to be that, um, but I don't necessarily think that he's a value where he's at um, because I do think Carson will spread it around. I am excited to have Carson because of where his value is. Um, I do think that he's probably the best quarterback since Andrew Luck on this team. I mean, Rivers was fine, but I think Carson is going to be behind a strong offensive line with a strong run game and a system that is built around like for him. And I do think that he's going to be able to support at least one or two fantasy options in that receiving core, whether it be Michael Pittman and Mo'Ally Cox or maybe a Michael Pittman and a Zach Pascal or something. But I do think that he in particular will be a value in Superflex Leagues for sure, because I also have him and I feel like every startup I've done this offseason, I see him and I'm like, that's a really good value where he's going, considering the level of starting quarterback he is. Absolutely. And um,
0: so let's move to the Titans. Where we like this team to win the division, but it doesn't sound like either one of us are in love with the team. You know, uh, certainly they win and lose by kind of just running people over with Derrick Henry. But if they get behind, which I think they might uh, a bit more, just based off of you know regression. Never mind the fact that I don't know that their um, um, th- their defense is any better than it was last year. Maybe. But I don't. I don't think so. The reports are that it's 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 not from people that I trust. Um, so now we're looking at a team that might be able to, or might be forced to throw a bit more. And I did my projections, and I had, um, you know, AJ Brown came out as wide receiver six, and Julio wide receiver eleven. Again, I'm not putting them there specifically, but it was just interesting to see if if Julio stays healthy, these two guys could go off, and that would mean Tannehill would be a value as well.
1: Yeah. So. I might not be excited for the Titans, but I am very excited for their players fantasy-wise. I think actually the one I might be most down on is A.J. Brown. Um, I think he's still kind of being drafted where he was prior to the Julio Jones trade. And I think that people are almost underestimating what Julio Jones is and what he demands. Like Targets are a talent stat. Julio Jones is one of the most talented wide receivers we've seen in the league in the last 15 years. Um, Yeah, he's dealt with injury problems. He's always dealt with injury problems. If he's healthy, he's going to demand targets. And I don't think it's out of the question to say that he out-targets A.J. Brown. What does that mean for the both of them? It probably brings both of them down. But it's going to be great for Ryan Tannehill, who all of a sudden has two very legitimate targets. And I think it's probably good for Derrick Henry, too, because, you know, it's going to be even harder to not stack or even harder to stack the box against him. And I mean, you have to stack the box against Derrick Henry or you don't stand a chance. Right. Derrick Henry's floor is not really in
0: jeopardy. Right. Like we know he's going to get, you know, nearly nearly 100 percent of the carries like he's just going to dominate the carries. He's going to run for five or so yards per carry. He's going to you know, he's going to see 1500 rushing yards or 2,000, right? Like somewhere yep. in there. He's going to see eight if he, you know, it gets unlucky to 15 touchdowns. So it's like 10 to 12 touchdowns, 15 to 1,800 yards, probably. I mean, that's sort of etched in stone. What we've all been just yearning for is like 50 targets. Like, dude just can't get more than 30 targets. Therefore, he can't get more than about a catch or so a game. Yep. Every time he catches it, you know, the other team is like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? It's like, why why doesn't anybody do it more? Uh, Arthur Smith was super creative, but yet wasn't really able to get too many uh, passing touches for Derrick Henry. Every scout you talk to, like, you know, uh, everybody that you hear who knew him coming out of high school and through college says he can catch the ball and can run routes. He doesn't get targets. You just mentioned targets are a skill. I, I, you know, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I can't project him for any more than about 30 targets. Yep. Um, But if he ever were to see th- this really spiked target situation, oh my God.
1: You know, I, I, have been thinking a lot about that, that all, this off because I ended up with a lot more Derrick Henry than I was, I think, expecting. Um, But I just, I don't ever see that happening. And it's mainly just because like, why would you? Like if if I'm, if I'm coaching this team, why would I throw the ball to Derrick Henry? Like, and that's not an insult to Derrick Henry, but good Lord, like I'll hand it off to him and he'll run through 15 people. (laughs) I can throw the ball to AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Why would I like, why would I waste it on throwing to a guy like Derrick Henry when that's clearly not even close to the most efficient thing my offense can do. And when I do throw it to him, it's normally a screen pass and we've seen him take those to the house. I mean, and that's great for Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry when it does happen. But like, I just, I, it, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield who once he gets the ball, and he's, ball in his hands, he's slippery. He's getting he's juke and he's whatever. It's the Sean McCoy, Barry Sanders of old, whatever. That's not Derrick Henry. Give him five yards of building up steam to run through guys. And that's, in this case, is a more efficient offense than trying to force feed him the ball in the passing game.
0: Yeah, and I've got one other thing I wanted to mention about the Titans before we move on, and that is that uh, Anthony Ferkser has been a mm. tight end that everybody wants to talk about, but gotta remember he was a little bit of a glorified <laughs> easy for me to say, glorified nice. slot receiver. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, with Julio now in town, obviously Julio and AJ are the one and two. Let's not get that twisted. And then Josh Reynolds is there. I don't know that Anthony Ferkser is a better slot receiver than Josh Reynolds will be. And on top of that, the Tennessee Titans released their depth chart and Jeff Swaim was listed Uh, as their tight end one. I'm not here to tell you that Jeff Swaim is going to play 80% of the snaps and Ferkser is going to play 10 or 20. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's a little sign that maybe they don't see him the way we see him. And this happens every year, especially at the tight end position. Yep. Every year before the season, tight end is so deep. And every year at the end of the season, tight end's a a, 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 a you know a, a landmine. Right? It's just a off it's, it's a wasteland a, after a wasteland. the wasteland. Top Thank couple you guys. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. That's why you're the damn producer of this show. That's Everybody, I'm here. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael P. Dung. Um, but you know, I think that Ferks could be a little bit of a disappointment this year, and I'm fading him as such just because we haven't really ever seen it. And you know I've seen this movie too many times. He could he could produce. I, I'm not going to put it past him. But I think the odds are just as good that he doesn't. And for that reason, there are plenty of other tight ends I like in that range. Uh, so Fading Furks, Furk Daddy, uh, for that reason. Uh, and maybe Josh Reynolds, a little bit of a sneaky player. Maybe Darrington Evans, Josh Reynolds, someone, Chester Rogers, I don't know, someone's got to step up in that sort of number
1: three spot. Or maybe they don't. See, that's that. And just one last thing before we move on. That's kind of where I'm at is I feel like I've come around this offseason, especially like mainly because I think of the way people think of the Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone's always waiting for that third or the third option, the second wide receiver to pop out. They never do. Maybe we should just accept that it's not going to. I don't see a world where this offense doesn't run through A.J. Brown, Derek Henry and Julio Jones. Why search for a third guy or sorry, a third pass catcher, a fourth guy like I don't think there needs to be one. I don't think there's going to be one. So I'm just really not even going to take my shot at it. I mean, we've tried it year after year with teams like Kansas City. where like, oh, it's got to be someone. It's like, maybe it's just a little bit of everyone else because it's so hyper-focused on two top guys. And I don't think that's bad because I think we like having that.
0: I I think that's more likely the case. And I think you're right on the money. And, you know, of course, you're taking dart throws at the other guys, but I think you're right. All right. Either the AFC... North or the AFC West? Where are we going?
1: Uh, let's go North.
0: AFC North. This is, I think, one of the stronger divisions in football. Um, I think we probably see this the same too. Who you got in that in that uh,
1: loser spot
0: in the AFC North?
1: Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. I have them at six wins, which is one below the, uh, or I guess half below their Vegas line of six and a half.
0: Yeah, I've got them at five two. So it sounds like we both like yep. the under at six and a half. Actually. I would, I would bet the under. Um, six, I would have a harder time because, you know, you push at six. But, you know, making them win seven to beat me, I, I don't I don't mind that at all, especially in that division. They've got to play the Yeah, Browns. well, that's the tough
1: part is they yeah. have to play three really good teams six times. That's right. So. Six
0: tough games plus whatever else they've got. Exactly right. So I really like the under there as well. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about the Joe Burrow health. Um, You know, you can just see it, you know, he gets into a real game and all of a sudden he's, you know, maybe just not hurt again, but not quite right. And, you know, there's a little bit of concern there. But um, overall, if they can stay healthy, I think they're going to be that bad team, good stats.
1: And I'm excited for it. I mean, yeah, because their, their defense is pretty bad. Right. Uh, I mean, they've got a couple good players. I think they drafted a couple linebackers in the past couple years that have actually been pretty solid. I think a good safety or cornerback. I forget, uh, forget his name. Um, but their defense is going to be bad. Um, and I think they have a lot of players that a lot of people like on offense. Um, but honestly, I think the only one that I'm drafting is Joe Mixon. Um, at least redraft-wise. Dynasty, I think I like all of them uh, for the most part for different reasons, but um, the only one that's ending up on my team is Joe Mixon. Hmm. Boy, oh boy. Joe Mixon has hurt so many people that I bet you in your redraft
0: leagues, Joe Mixon is a value. He's probably going to slip. People are just, they've been, you know, anybody who's ever rostered Joe Mixon has bemoaned Joe Mixon. That would um, be me. Yeah, I mean, but Jude is, is loaded with talent and... Loaded with potential opportunity. You know, the thing that has kept him from being an RB1 in this league are two things, injury and targets. Um, if he can stay healthy, and the target share should go up. No more Absolutely. Giovanni Bernard, right? And, you know, Chris Evans is a nice little pass catcher. But oh, I
1: was going to bring him up later.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to talk about him. But P. Ryan, not really a pass catcher. Chris Evans is really the only other pass catcher there. It should be running back target share should go almost exclusively to Joe Mixon. If that happens and he can get up to, the, you know, 60, 70, 80 targets, he he becomes in the conversation for an RB1 for sure and
1: can return great value in a redraft situation absolutely. I mean, I think he's going late second, mid second in a lot of redraft like I think he could be a league winning type guy. I mean, again, I know it's Joe Mixon. We say it every year in a lot of ways, but like we do, I think where he's being taken right now, he's worth the risk. And the upside is, you know, there's not many guys in the NFL that I think have legitimate chances of being the running back one. You know, there's obviously Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. I think Joe Mixon is one of those guys in the second round that legitimately can do that. Yeah. I mean, um, like, honestly, maybe even more so than Derrick Henry because we see Derrick Henry put up 2,000 yards and he's, I think, barely like the running back three. Yeah. Joe Mixon could get 100 targets and, you know, 1,500 rushing yards. That's not out of the question.
0: Yeah. If I said, uh, you know, You know, there the, one of these two running backs finished as the RB one overall. You may say Joe Mixon. If I said one of them finished as the RB forty, yep. you'd also pick Joe Mixon. Yep. Uh, you know, so it's you're right. It's like floor ceiling. But you know, you're not drafting Joe Mixon over Derrick Henry. But I, I see your point. Yes. Um, the Jamar Chase news, where he you know dropped a couple passes, and I mean the the overreaction I felt was pretty stark. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I don't know if you're in the league with me where I traded for him. Um, you know, I traded, uh, I, I mentioned on the pod last week, I traded DK for Jamar yeah, yeah. a 23 first. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think I said, if Jamar Chase is, is the guy, then that I crushed that trade. Even if he flames out miserably, I still at least got a 23 first for somebody, yeah. you know, so it wasn't, uh, all bad, but you know, like I said, I, I'm, I think that's selling low on, on Jamar Chase and, you know, uh, here we go. I, I do think his price was super inflated for redraft. I did not like yep. it. I almost oh, got I'm, zero.
1: I have none. And I don't, yeah. don't think I'll have I don't best think ball. I'll have any.
0: Yeah, best ball, all that. I was off. I loved T Higgins. I think T. Higgins yep. would be the guy that I would have had as the RB one. I mean W R one in in Cincinnati. I did my projections. He did come out as the uh wide receiver one there. Um I, I think all three of them see a huge target share. Uh, well, over, you know, th- that being Tyler Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, I think they all see over 100 targets, uh,
1: again, barring injury. Uh, you I gave think... each of them over 120 targets and yeah. uh, over 900 yards each. Uh, yes. T. Higgins leading the way with eight touchdowns. So,
0: yeah, I think there's going to be, you know, look, touchdowns are one of those things. It's the hardest thing to project in a yep. uh, projection because it, it's never that way someone's gonna have 12 someone's gonna have two or something you know it's like ridiculous so but um but yeah I think T Higgins is the the best uh red zone weapon of the three Tyler Boyd's gonna be a sort of a dinkin dunker underneath her but you know hey he, Jarvis Landry's been st- stacking up uh, wide receiver 12 overall seasons year after year with that so I'm okay with Tyler Boyd especially at his cost uh let's talk about your boy what do you think about Chris Evans uh You know, it sounds like you got something to say.
1: I mean, I I just liked him a lot coming out. First of all, I'm a huge Marvel fan. So the fact that I can draft someone named Chris Evans just makes me happy. You know, it's just an ongoing joke that'll never not be funny. And apparently he loves it. I read an interview the other day where like someone asked him, he's like, oh, I never get tired of it. Please keep calling me Captain America. Like, that's incredible. It's beside the point. Um, he has apparently just looked absolutely incredible as a pass catcher. Yes. Um, there have been like, you know, people wondered, you know, why weren't they why didn't they ever run him more in a uh, in college? And a lot of the reason was because he was so good at pass uh getting uh the ball through the air. I don't think he's gonna take away from Joe Mixon all that much, not as much as Gio Bernard did, but I think there's a really good chance that um holding on to him in Dynasty uh Long term ends up being very valuable, whether that's as a long term backup to Joe Mixon, um, who has standalone value like we saw Gio have, um, but also just a very very um, high upside uh, handcuff. So yeah, I think if they, I think if Joe Mixon were to get hurt, you know,
0: well, there's always a possibility they bring someone else in. But if if it kind of stayed the way it is, I think you know P Ryan would get those sort of empty carries, a lot of like the grinding carries and. And Chris Evans would probably get all the pass down work and, you know, 40 or 50 percent of the sort of, you know, running back uh, carries. So, uh, yeah, I think he'd be a a, a good play. Uh, But enough about Cincinnati. Let's talk about the top three, because I think we all like the Ravens, the Steelers and the Browns and uh, how you have those three finishing and, and what's the win totals there?
1: So this, this was tough. Um, I have them all within, so I have them at 9, 10, and 11 wins. There and I go. actually have the Steelers with 9, the Ravens with 10, and the Browns with 11.
0: Wow. So I have the Browns with 12, the Ravens with 11, the Steelers with 9. So there I'm right is. there with you. I think it's going to be exactly that. I think those teams are going to be vying for it. And I do think it's the Browns and Ravens you know, playing a game that will probably matter later and late in the season to sort of decide it. And, um, you know, maybe it's just Ravens fatigue. Maybe it's a little bit of the, you know, Ravens injury situation. You know, they, they sort of feel like a kiss of death team this year, too, with Dobbins going down and Bateman getting hurt. You know, they've just had a lot of tough, tough luck injuries on that team. Um, but let's start with the Steelers, a team that I've been coming around on and uh, and you know, what, what do you see with the Steelers that sort of jumps out, um, in terms of fantasy or dynasty?
1: I mean, obviously big Ben, like usual is a value because he's going to put up good fantasy numbers, whether it be in dynasty where you're admitting you're only going to have him for a year, but he's great, especially in a super flex at his value. Um, but also in redraft, you know, you can get him basically for free. Um, but you know, I think that, Najee Harris is a guy that I wasn't totally convinced on in Dynasty. Um, I'm still not, uh, but I do think this season he will just get enough work that he's probably going to be an RB1 or a top-end RB2 every week because of the number of carries, and it seems like he's going to get them. Um, and then their wide-receiving core is just outstanding. I mean, it's it's basically a pick-your-poison, and depending on what you want, Deontay, Deontay Johnson is going to be a PPR machine, and Chase Claypool is, uh, you know, an athletic freak. So.
0: I don't know if you saw my uh, my um, projections for this team, but I did have Pat Fryermuth with a little bit of a surprising season, getting 450 yards and five touchdowns, and kind of putting himself in the weekly conversation based on these projections. In other words, I think he does show himself, maybe not early on, but at some point, um, you know, Ben likes. I think about how many times he was hitting, even Ebron last year for for touchdowns, and you know, you you can go back to Heath Miller and all the. Even the, when the tight ends weren't that good, uh, Jesse James, right? I mean, he's had all these you know sort of tall tight ends, um, Pat Fryermuth uh, and Chase Claypool become and Ebron, all become um, you know Ben Roethlisberger targets in the red zone in in the end zone, and I think uh, I think you could see Pat Fryermuth make his uh, make his presence felt uh, this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I love him uh, this year. I, I love him long-term. I do think that Eric Ebron will probably retain uh, the tight end one value, not like a, a tight end one, but tight end one right. on this team for the yes. majority of the season. Um, and I do think maybe we just get a couple more Pat Fry move touchdowns that kind of piss us off more than anything, <laughs> sure. where it's like, okay, that went to the one guy that, you know, I don't have rostered somewhere. Um, but uh yeah, I mean I think for the most part the, the offense is gonna run through three guys and that's Najee, Deontay, and Chase Claypool. And I you know, I still really like Juju too. So
0: Yeah, I mean I, I was thinking more about it. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a second round draft pick with one of the worst offensive lines that you could put on paper, and they they passed on O line and took Friermuth. So I think they you know they they they've invested. Uh, in, in in Friar Moose. So I think they've, and he's, he's shown well in preseason. So, you know, he was sort of a, a chalky tight end. Let's put it this way. If, if Kyle Pitts didn't exist, he'd have been the tight end one. We'd all been talking about him. Easily. But he got way overshadowed in this draft class just because of Pitts. And uh, he went to a good offense. Uh, you know, so I'm a little bit of, a little bit excited. I may be a year early. I'll give you that. It could be where, you know, it's just like, yeah, no. But next year it happens. I, I think that's, very likely that he's a a value going into next year, or at least, you know,
1: you know, threatening for a a tight end one, uh, you know, next year, but he'll be a popular breakout. He'll be, you know, like the, uh, the Adam Troutman's, the Irv Smith's of this upcoming season. So absolutely for next year.
0: So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move past uh, Pittsburgh. Obviously I've said it a a million times, but the, uh, the offensive line and Ben Roethlisberger's health is going to be the, the, the hinge point of this team. If Ben stays healthy, They've got a chance to push to 12 wins or 11 wins and win the division. If he gets hurt, they're in big trouble. That's all I know. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Um, We have the Ravens next. Poor one out for my boy, J.K. Dobbins. Everybody knows I love J.K. Dobbins. Anybody who's followed me on Twitter, I've been a huge J.K. Dobbins fan my whole damn life. I love this kid. Was so excited for him this year. as. More for football than for fantasy. I mean, yeah, he was going to have a pretty decent fantasy uh, season, but I just loved watching J.K. Dobbins on the field with Lamar Jackson. Like, to me, that's like so much fun uh, because one of those dudes is breaking it. And, um, you know, Gus Edwards will be fine. He's a grinder. He's going to be great. He's going to be very um, productive. But I just I, I miss my boy.
1: Honestly, it reminded me of because um, I've come around on Dobbins a lot, again, definitely more for uh, NFL than fantasy. You know, I just I think he's hyper talented, yeah. um, but I don't know how much that matters for fantasy on that team in that situation. Um, but like the, the possibilities that they had are like remind me a little bit of what I watched in 2010 with Mike Vick and Shady McCoy. Yeah, which is a very odd comparison. Obviously, Mike Vick did not run nearly as much as Lamar Jackson because that's just not what the NFL was doing at that period of time. Right? He scrambled. But, right? He He scrambled. He didn't run exactly. Um, but watching what those two could do together, just both such electric athletes, was yeah. just so incredible. And I think that that was, um, you know, something that I was really looking forward to seeing. And it's it's a shame.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I sent uh, 2019. I was looking back at a tweet, and I had like these. Top six or seven like prospect running backs, and it was ETN, Akers, Dobbins, Swift, uh, Taylor, and I forget the other one, doesn't really. Oh, Chuba Hubbard, and uh, you I know, Chuba. yeah, well, pour one out for his ass. No, it's not, not Juba. yet, not yet, but but I was looking at that and I was like, man, all three of those guys, ETN, Acres, and Dobbins are out, even Swift's been a little bit hampered. Yeah. It's like, please, God, you know, it's really. You know, you just love to see all the talent out on the field, and to to be robbed of this Acres. And I'm going to get to the Acres situation with the Rams. But you know, when I did their projections, the one thing I realized was he had a real legitimate Acres. That is a legitimate shot of being the RB one overall in Dynasty after after this Absolutely. season. Oh, that team is gonna that team is gonna move the football. Um, anything else in? Uh, oh, Tyson Williams. I mean. Justice Hill. Someone's got to step up a little bit in that second spot. I do think uh, Tyson Williams will play the Gus Edwards role and Gus Edwards will play the big Gus Edwards role. You know, they're going to play the same role and Justice Hill will get the, you know, the scraps and stuff. And I think that's kind of how it goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, pick them up in Dynasty. Pick them up off your waiver wire. Oh, absolutely. um, But, like, don't expect much. No, expect um, nothing. (laughs) Or at least wait to expect things. Because, again, I think they'll be fantasy relevant to an extent. um, But I don't think right now we can actively say which one it's going to be, to what extent they're going to have the role. Um, It's a shame Rashad Bateman is injured, honestly, because I think that, oddly enough, this maybe would have benefited him the most. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I still like Rashad Bateman. If he's uh, at all a value in your startup drafts, grab him later because I still think he's hyper-talented. But Mark Andrews is still the wide receiver one,
0: and I know what I said. Yeah, absolutely. He is the wide receiver one. Yeah, And when you look at, like, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins highland wallace devin duvernay miles boykin i don't know like i don't think there's going to be a whole lot of wide receiver production there hasn't been wide receiver production on this team in the past and this year I hollywood will flash
1: be. i think sure but i don't know if we'll be able to predict it well enough
0: no i've got him projected as the wr1 in total fantasy points but not by much you know and yeah. it's 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 sort of a bunch of sort of middling guys, and like you say, I think he'll flash. Marquise will. I don't think he'll be consistent on a week-to-week basis, and that will be that will make him a difficult play in most leagues. Um, obviously, best ball and very deep starting rosters. It's 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 better to have him, but you know, if it's a shallow roster, you're never going to know which which week to play him.
1: You know. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Cleveland. My goodness,
0: we both picked Cleveland. The I was them.
1: I was surprised that you were with me on that one. Wow, we did not, for not any reason, talk but.
0: beforehand. We didn't even share a single note on this, did we? Nope. like we did not want to know what the other guys said. This is a little bit scary that we see it this this close together. So that must mean we're wrong. Um,
1: <laughs> I just but, think it comes down to what are your question marks? Like none. you, you have all these questions with the Steelers and with yeah. the Ravens. What are, what is there with the Browns? which is the first time I can ever say that in my life. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what there is.
0: I don't have any, I don't have any questions like the quarterback, maybe, but not really. Um, you know, I as mean, long as like,
1: he's just, he doesn't need to be even Lamar Jackson. Like he no. can just be Baker Mayfield. And yes. I don't know if it matters.
0: He just needs to protect the football. There's times he, he's amazing, man, because he'll play really, really well you know, like within himself, making just good decisions, good decisions, like just really effective. And then he'll just throw a brain fart and you're like, what? And he even, you can see it on his face. Like, what am I even Mm -hmm. doing? Like he just has these deprogrammed moments where it's like, he'll just throw it right to an opponent. Like it's not a bad throw. It's not a bad decision. It's just a crosswire. It's like, what are you even doing? So he has those mistakes. If he can sort of start to, Get those out of him, his system uh, as he gets a little older. Here, I mean, he's really still in his only fourth year, so yeah, um, he could absolutely lead this team to an AFC Championship game, maybe a Super Bowl. Possibly. I don't know. Certainly, they, w- they made it what the second round last year, right? Yeah, they yeah. lost to the Chiefs without yeah. Patrick Mahomes for the second half, which rip. Yep that was their chance. Um but but Chubb and Hunt are great. I've I love look, I'm a little low on Nick Chubb and I'm higher on on Kareem Hunt. Not because I think Kareem Hunt is better. I just think Kareem Hunt's going to get most of the targets. Uh, targets are more valuable than than carries. Yep. And Nick Chubb, I I have him, you know, for 30 over 1300 yards and uh, 11 total touchdowns and still he came out as like my RB15. I've heard a lot of people who do projections say that uh, I think it was phew, Rotoviz was talking about him. I can't remember who was who was saying it, but they're like he was the biggest dip. Maybe it was Ian Harditz. I don't remember.
1: Uh I I yeah, I know what stat you're going for. I've heard it on the fantasy footballers a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, they they,
0: they they that he's, you know, his he's the furthest uh ADP from pr- projection, you know. In other words, his projection is like RB18 for most of uh, the guys doing projections yet, you know, to get him you got to buy him at like RB8, you know, yep. right in there. So I don't know that I want Nick Chubb for that reason. But the problem is, is he's like basically Derrick Henry light. So if something were to happen to Kareem Hunt, it would be a whole different situation. But uh, they're going to run the heck out of the ball. Their offensive line is amazing. He's going to have all of these like, you know, super efficient carries and um, he could go for 20 touchdowns. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him at all. Um, It's certainly possible. So but Kareem Hunt at value, I think is a great buy. He gets enough carries anyway. Like they tend to kick people's ass. And run people over, and Kareem Hunt's just gonna be like, all right, your turn, dude, get in there and and run someone over. If they are behind and throwing, Kareem Hunt's in there. So they both get their opportunities by default uh, of game flow. Uh, Both backs are nice to have and and certainly fine to be playing in your RB2 slot. Um, You know, Jarvis Landry's gonna keep going. Odell is kind of a, you know, in in this low volume pass attack, you know, his ceiling may be a little bit capped, but, you know, he could have some, he could find some big plays and, and maybe surprise. Uh, they do have the three tight ends: Hooper, Harrison Bryant, who's a hell of a player, and David and yeah, Uh They've got Harrison Bryant third on the depth chart, um, so we'll have to see what the hell happens with those three. Yeah, I would just keep an eye on the waiver wire and and you know keep an eye on that situation. Then then poach the waiver wire because I don't you know in a in a, in a redraft league, obviously in dynasty, I would try and. Attempt to grab any one of those three. I think they're yep. all three of them are very inexpensive in dynasty, and one of them could pop. Uh, I love. I Donovan. was about to say. Yeah, I th-
1: I think I think Austin Hooper is very undervalued. Yeah, um, someone. I is. think he's the most likely this season to be the tight end one. Baker likes throwing to his tight ends. It's a yes. tight end friendly offense Austin Hooper's done it before again it's not exciting to have austin hooper on your team but like i mean he's really cheap in startup drafts and i don't think he's hard to trade for people are way more excited about harrison bryant and even david njoku because of the possibility of him changing teams and i get it he's an athletic freak he always has been um but i think austin hooper is like you know if you've really punted tight end in a draft or you're just looking for like you know a solid maybe backup possibly like a you know, a chance at a pop-off season, like, I'd go for Austin Hooper. I, I think that he's valuable in that way. Um, not as much for redraft, uh, because, again, I think there's a lot of cheap options that are solid, but I, I like Austin Hooper surprisingly um, enough in Dynasty. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's interesting. I just have a lot of those guys at, like, right around 50 targets, whether it's Harrison yep. Bryant, another guy I like Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, you know... The, the, there's going to be some weekly pops and who knows if yep. a couple weekly injuries, uh, you know, you could have a guy elevate, you know, whether it's Hooper Bryant or Njoku, I mean, whoever ends up being sort of the, 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 the starting tight end on a week to week basis is going to have value. They're going to score yep. touchdowns and they're going to get, you know, they're they're going to get these play action passes that, you know, wide open for 20, 25 yards at a pop. So uh, keep an eye on that.
1: And don't forget about Anthony Schwartz. <clears throat> dynasty leagues anthony schwartz has apparently really impressed in camp um he made the roster as what like the fourth or fifth fifth yeah. wide receiver i think he uh, i mean they cut some guys that uh people thought that he wouldn't make it over like keep an eye on him see if you can acquire him for cheap um i don't know when or if he'll ever pan out but they've been exciting there's been a lot of really good reports out of camp we don't know what the future of jarvis landry and no there so just kind of keep that in mind and then
0: going out west Oh, Tommy, earmuffs. Tommy Moe, earmuffs. I don't want you to listen to this part. Uh, Who do you sorry, got Tommy. bringing up the rear in the AFC West? Let me...
1: let Well, me. actually, I will say this, Tommy. You don't. You can listen to this part. For me, it's the Broncos.
0: Whoa! All right, we've got our first real disagreement.
1: Tell us. I completely disagree here. Go it's for it. It's close. It's really close. Um, I think... Because I was debating with the Broncos and the Raiders. So, I, I have the Broncos at seven wins, which is... Oh, wow, that's actually decently under their under. Uh, their over-under was eight and a half, and I have the Raiders at eight wins, which is one over their over-under of seven. Um, so I think that the Broncos have a much better defense, uh, but I do think the Raiders probably have the better quarterback. Um, and honestly, I think this is the type of thing that's going to flip for me every single day that I wake up and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm, re- I'm feeling like the Raiders today. Um, but I just don't... I feel like... One of them is going to surprise people a little bit in how good or bad they are. And I think it's more likely that the Raiders surprise people and win games because I think Derek Carr is an extremely undervalued quarterback and a very, um, a bit of a sleeper just in the NFL in general. He's a good quarterback. And you know you've got Darren Waller there. You've got maybe the possibility of Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards breaking out in the future, um, or this year rather. Um, And the Broncos, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I just I don't I don't know if they can put it together. And they have all the reasons too. They have a great defense, but I'm just I don't know. I'm torn. I feel like I'm talking myself out of it now. As (laughs) as I'm just let me let me talk you
0: out of it. Um, The Raiders are going to be. terrible uh there i don't know man i i just i've got them at five wins i've got the the broncos yeah i've got the broncos right on their number at like uh i had them at nine and eight back and forth i i wouldn't touch them uh certainly don't really want to bet they're over and i because i think they're going to be a little bit better than you know people think i don't really want to bet the under either so eight and a half is a really good number for them i was literally teetering on eight or nine. And then when I looked at it, I was like, well, eight and a half. There you go. They're they're pretty small. still does a good
1: job. It's kind of crazy. Honestly. <laughs> they sure like- do,
0: man. Um, and so, but I like the I, I can't imagine taking over seven for the Raiders when they've got to face the Chiefs, the Chargers, and this tough Broncos defense with a depleted offensive line. Um I, I don't know that their weapons are that good. Their quarterback is certainly good, but not not outstanding. Um I don't know. I, I'm a little bit nervous. Maybe they get to six or seven wins, but I just don't see him really putting any pressure um, on the division in any way, shape, or form. Someone's got to be, you know, the, the seller, and I think it's going to be the Raiders. So, um, you know, God bless your Raider fans. I know there's a lot listening because there's sorry, a lot Tommy. of them everywhere. Tommy, sorry about that. But I, I um, will
1: say, I agree. I don't think either team pushes the division at all. Um, I think that the Raiders will just win more weird games, I think is honestly <laughs> what it comes. Like, I, I think Derek Carr maybe can win them a game or two, and I'm not sure if Teddy Bridgewater has that in him. And I think that's kind of where my difference lies. Yeah, I think when I did my um, my projections, I think the one
0: thing to keep an eye out for with the Raiders is, you know, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. I mean, yep. you know, someone's got to be their wide receiver one, so to speak. Well, and it's two. one. I know it's it's Waller yeah. all day long, and he's going to be a monster for sure. Um, and I actually like the look as a, in a real NFL situation. I guess Jacobs Drake is pretty cool. But it's terrible for Jacobs and and you know in fantasy because it's also a
1: terrible management move because they made Kenyon Ugh. Drake a top ten paid running back. I, yes. I I don't fine if you want to pay him money to come back up Josh Jacobs. That's don't pay him that much money. Of course not.
0: Yeah, I mean they could have gotten anybody else to be you know that in that position the backup to Josh Jacobs. So it it, it does spell doom for Jacobs in terms of his ceiling. He just can't get to any ceiling numbers at all, because Kenyon Drake's going to command some action. Um, I'd I'd just be surprised if Jacobs saw 250 carries or 40 or more targets, 40, 50 or more targets. I just can't imagine it. Uh, you got to figure Kenyon Drake's going to see at least 100 carries and 40 targets, um, you know, uh, throughout the season. So that's just a lot taken off the Josh Jacobs plate you know, Josh Jacobs profiled as a workhorse. He's just not being used as one. And that's a problem for him. But getting back to Edwards and Ruggs, you know,
1: Hunter Renfro, Willie Sneed. Zay- I love Hunter Renfro. I just want to come out and say that I've loved him since he loves yeah, you. These too. Clemson days. I hope so. I yeah. hope I think we would be best friends. Friend honestly. of the show. Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to him. I'll get him on.
0: Yeah. I mean, he looks like he's just your like roommate. That's what he You're looks like. You're accountant. You're yeah. like anything. Yeah, he's like your little brother is what he looks like. Um that's why you like him. He looks like you.
1: That's he does look a little bit like me, that's is fair. Is that a low blow? It's uh it's like if I you know, if I could play in the NFL, I'd cheer for me. I I think
0: that's correct. Yeah, I'd definitely, uh, yeah? yeah, cheer for myself as well.
1: Um, you know, of course I'd make myself
0: like I'd make myself basically Kyle Pitts is what I'd do.
1: Well um, I mean, yeah, I'm being realistic. If here. I'm gonna
0: create a player here, it's gonna be Kyle Pitts, but you know. Jax falcone and the motherfucker so um but I, I i think there's great value with with especially brian edwards i would imagine he'll be the sort of the the x and henry Ruggs will be the the stretch and who knows how often he'll get targeted but you know one of those guys should emerge because i just can't see you know i guess they're talking about playing drake and jacobs
1: on the field at the same time like I don't know. This team as, is just
0: it's in trouble. I don't dude. think
1: it's going to happen. I mean, I feel like coaches always talk about that. And then there, like the, the top percentage of teams that do that every year, it's like two percent or so. I, you know, I don't have the numbers right. In front exactly. of it never happens as much as of we want to make. It's like, oh, they have two running backs. <laughs> They're going to put him on the field at the same time. No, they're not. They never, no one does. It yeah, happens like twice. a stupid idea. Yeah, um, like coming yeah. from an Eagles fan that had Darren Sproles for like nine, what feels like nine years. It was always, oh, he'll be on the field at the same time as blank other running back. No, he won't. He yeah. never was. <laughs> never like, relax. was.
0: It's so stupid. Yes, it is. It doesn't happen. Uh, now, Denver Broncos. Oh, my God. My boy, Javante Williams. Javante, man. It's it's Javante time. Like it's gonna happen. It's not gonna be out the gate. Maybe it is out the gate. I mean, this Maybe kid it is, is so impressive. They absolutely love him. I'm just trying to temper myself and keep myself, I'm shaking a little bit over here. You can see me. I'm just going nuts. Javante Williams is gonna be so good behind an okay offensive line and surrounded by targets and and weapons everywhere. Teddy, look, Teddy supported some uh some elite uh receiving weapons Three-trop in Carolina. 24. Right? Three top 24 receiving weapons. Um, I don't think that happens this year. I'm not predicting no. that at all. But I am saying that he will, as the old saying goes, matriculate the ball down the field. I think at some point we'll see Drew Locke. I don't know unless unless you know the 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 Broncos just win. You know, if they do push for the division, you won't see any Drew Locke unless Teddy gets hurt. But, you know, it may be one of those situations where You know, Teddy, you know, they're losing 21 3 in the third quarter. It's like, all right, you know, put Drew Locke in there. Maybe he starts another game. I don't know. It could be a little bit funny like that. Like, I'm not super uh, confident that Teddy or Drew Locke will just play the whole season, no matter who is going to get the start. Yeah. But, um, but I don't think it matters all that much. They're both in that same bucket anyway. You know, they're bottom 10, you know, quarterback in the league anyway, you know, 20 through 32, somewhere in that, you know, rank. So it's not. Who gives a shit, right? It's just, you know, I think with Teddy out there, though, he's going to be steady. We talked about it last week on the pod. I think they did this because they're a win steady now. Teddy. They're a win now or, you know, in their head win now. Yeah. Uh, they do have great weapons. So, I don't know, man. I You know, I think arrow up for everybody on that team and, and we'll see if they can put it together.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, now I feel like I'm already switching and I want to put the Raiders behind the Broncos. I don't know. I, it's going to change constantly for me, but... Um, I, I didn't think Teddy Bridgewater would be the name. Name the starting quarterback. I feel like a lot of times when you have these type of competitions, you know, guy we drafted versus guy we kind of traded for, assigned in free agency, it goes to the guy you drafted because you want to give him a shot, and then you just have that other guy there to kind of be like, okay, well, this is our backup plan. Because I feel like it's easier to go from Drew Locke to Bridgewater than Bridgewater back to Lock. Th- this um, is
0: this is a serious question. Like n- not counting Darren Waller, Tim Patrick would probably be the wide receiver one in in Vegas.
1: Yeah, uh, Tim Patrick is the new <laughs> Zach Pascal.
0: I mean, he's better. He's great, like man.
1: No, he is. I had him in Dynasty last year. I picked him up for so free. Good. I was like, Good lord, what is going on with this dude? And nobody, like, nobody wants him. I tried to throw him into a trade this weekend. They were no, like, No, I don't want Tim Patrick. Just keep I was like, him. Just keep him. He's a key player because nobody will pay you anything well, for him. Yeah, that's why. And I'll, and I'll
0: tell you right now, like, is there any? Do we know that he's not going to be in on three wide receiver sets? Is that like solved equation? I don't think so.
1: I think he will be. I Sutton, Judy, Patrick. Let's go. What the uh, fuck? Get man, but I love KJ Ham. No, hey, hey. How? No. All right. This is my Hamler hour. Then Um, I love KJ Hamler. He was one of my favorite wide receivers in that draft class. Um, don't ask who my other favorite wide receiver was because it was Jalen Rager. Um, so clearly you should trust me, uh, which it's still Jalen Rager season. We're not getting out of that yet, but KJ Hamler, he has, a, an amazing profile. He was a young breakout, insanely athletic, a second round draft pick. I'm not out on KJ Hamler. He actually performed pretty decently last year when he got a shot. I am not at all saying that he is going to, you know, be this massive breakout guy this year or whatever, but it's tough because I think they have four very startable wide receivers on their on, on NFL roster. I mean, like, I, th- I they, they don't have the best wide receiving core in the league uh, because there's teams like, you know, the Cowboys, the Steelers. But they might be one of the best that goes four deep because Tim Patrick is a legit NFL starter. KJ Hamler is probably one of the best deep options in the league, even if he hasn't shown it consistently yet. Um, And Cortland Sutton is a monster and Jerry Juni is one of the best technicians or one of the best young technicians in the league. So no doubt. I mean, that's what I'm saying. And
0: then they have Noah Fant and Albert O like this is a very talented team. They've got Javante and Melvin Gordon. Like they they just, you know, again, if they have Bridgewater and Drew Locke, yeah, that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> that is the problem. It's like when you were talking about the the Browns and you were saying where's their weakness, you could sort of say the same thing about this Denver team. Like, kind of like the Browns light almost. They are Browns light. Like honestly, yeah. if, if one that was one of the reasons I thought they should have just kind of rolled with Drew Locke, because it's like Locke was the the dice roll. Like if he ends up, he's the thirteenth best quarterback in the NFL, like this team is dangerous. You know, See, Teddy I, Teddy is kind of just vanilla ice cream, you
1: know. I don't know if Drew Lock could ever be the thirteenth best quarterback. Me I mean, think Teddy either. could. Te- well, uh, <laughs> no. Before you agree with me, yeah. I think Teddy could be the thirteenth best quarterback. I think that's a ceiling. I think Drew Locke has the ceiling of top five, but also could be out of the league the next week. Absolutely. Like,
0: yeah. He's he's he, a he's a risky play. Yeah.
1: If you if you were like, oh, who's a dark horse MVP candidate, like. Drew Locke is the perfect guy that's probably like plus a billion odds. Yes. And you're like, realistically, this dude has the talent to be able to, you know, if he could just get his shit together. Yeah. He's got the vibes, the talent and the team around him to be like, yeah, sure. I'll just fucking take him to a Super Bowl. And everyone's just kind of like, wait, when did that happen?
0: Yeah, he's, terribly, we, he's terribly inaccurate, but he's got a big yep. arm. He's got the moxie. And where have we seen that before, Josh Allen, who improved mm. to a point, right? So it was like, I don't, I'm not saying that I expected Drew Locke to make this ascension. I'm saying that it was possible that he did. Yes. Whereas Teddy doesn't we know have who that Teddy as, is. Yeah. We don't, he doesn't have that in him. So I thought that he was sort of the high variance play that could that could get them where they want to go. But again, they probably saw it in practice, didn't see that that was the future and said, well, let's just roll with Steady Eddie Teddy. Woo. What was that? Steady Eddie Teddy. Steady Eddie Teddy. I think that's um, the name
1: of the name of the show.
0: Steady Eddie Teddy. Um, Steady Eddie Teddy. I'm not sure. Oh, you know, it's fine. Um, and then, we'll talk and about then it yeah, we'll talk about it later. Uh, and then we get to who you have uh, winning the division. Do you have yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs getting unseated? No. No, me neither.
1: I like the Chargers. I Me like them too. a lot. I think they're going to be a really good team. Um, I think I ha- I actually have them as the top wild card. I think we'll get there later, but um, yeah, uh, I have them- I have them at ten wins. But now the Chief- the Chiefs just are still winning the division.
0: I think the Chargers are going to put. I think the Chargers beat them at least once this year. I think this yeah. is a split, you know, um, series. I think that Herbert's for real. I think they did a great job in uh, in Los Angeles putting an offensive line there. I think the weapons are, are good, if not better than good. Um, you know, Keenan Allen is speaking of steady and you know Mike Williams the reports Uh, have been great um you know er, you all know I like Josh Palmer uh they did get rid of uh uh, Tyron Johnson Tyron Johnson but they kept Jalen Guyton maybe that was a mistake I don't really know same guy doesn't really
1: matter I literally I think there was like a when Keenan Allen got injured last year in Dynasty I was looking for like I was picking up one of those guys (laughs) and I was staring at like three of them all with similar-ish names on the waiver wire and I'm like which one do I want? I don't remember which is which. Yes, and I, exactly. That was all off season. I was like, I don't remember which one I have. Wait, is this Tyrell
0: Williams, Tyron yes. Johnson, Tyson? Exactly. What the, f- I don't know. Exactly. One of these, one of these T Johnsons, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, but I think, you know, you look at like, you know, even their backup running backs, uh, Larry Roundtree is a, is kind of a bruiser goal line guy who can probably fill in, you know, between the twenties and get them what they need. Josh Kelly, maybe pour one out, but who knows? He could he could yeah, have a resurgence.
1: They have not been good at camp no. reports. And honestly, outside of two weeks last year, I mean, he wasn't no, really he was good. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. But they still I have like Justin Josh Jackson
0: Kelly, coming back from injury. Yep. I mean, Justin Jackson's a good little backup. And then, of course, Eckler, I mean, you know, if they're gonna throw the ball, which this is a passing league, uh news flash, that not breaking news, but it's a passing league. You got Justin Herbert who can fucking push the ball down the field. Now you have Austin Eckler out of the backfield. My sleeper here is definitely Donald Parham. I don't think Jordan uh, Jared Cook yes. holds him back. I think it is Parham. Yes. You know, it was Parham season yes. before Cook signed there, but fuck it, man. Let's Donald go. Parham. It's Parham season. Dude's like 6'8. He's athletic. He was, you know, I, I was listening. It made me come back to it. I was listening to Evan Silva, and they were talking about how he was. The best oh, player. Oh, they are
1: big Donald Parm fans. Yeah,
0: he was the best player in that it, whatever the stupid ass league was. You know, hey,
1: hey, okay. <laughs> Quick fun fact about me: I'm an OG XFL fan. Love okay. the XFL. I was at the I was at the season opener of that 2020, that magical 2020 season It lasted half a season. Um, big, big Dragons fan. Hashtag breathing fire. Uh, but yeah, Donald Parm was on my XFL fantasy team. The dude's a monster, he's a and monster. he's legit.
0: He's legit. I remember, you know, I, I did some uh, receipt king work and I pulled up a uh, old uh, his draft class. I had him at like tight end seven. Like, you know, I feel like he was a good prospect coming out. Yeah, he's a little raw. But I mean, the ceiling is there. And I think, you know, when you talk about Justin Herbert, if you've got Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, maybe Josh Palmer, you know, whomever, whether it's Jalen Guyton stretching or I think Josh Palmer will beat him out eventually, if not sooner than that. I think he
1: might have already has. Yeah, I think
0: so. I think so. And I think for sure he has. But, you know, you never yeah. know. Rubber hits the road sometimes. It's, you know, Justin Jefferson last year and Ola B.C. Johnson, it was like took a, took a couple yep. weeks. Uh, but yeah, um, two. Yeah. two weeks, right? And so, but Donald Parham, I think, is certainly the guy that, you know, I think they're both going to play. Cook and Parham is going to play. They're both going to, you know, see, you know, 50-ish targets. But I think Parham might push... For some big plays, and uh, so I still like him uh, on that team, and you know, obviously Eckler's a PPR stud, and and Herbert, man, what what more can you say? I mean, the offensive line, the defense, man, the, if they they get healthy, they're getting um, everyone def- back. Yes, this That's team the difference. has legitimate Super Bowl uh, aspirations,
1: and we'll get there later. They're going to be a very popular preseason pick of like the the, the quote unquote dark horse. Like, oh, they're not going to win the division, but they're going to come out of the wild card and get close. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I agree, but <laughs> there's a reason. Um, but that's why Mike Williams is one of my favorite late round picks in best ball for sure. In every redraft league, because he's getting his ADP's around the 10th round. I get it. He doesn't know how to fall and not hurt himself, which is tough because he jumps for every ball that's ever existed because he's yep. like nine feet tall.
0: Yep. it's um, true. He plays above the rim, so to speak, and
1: oh yeah, way above the rim. He comes down Uh, hard every time. Yep, it's true. But the thing is, is if if you're expecting Justin Herbert to have this breakout season, which I think a lot of people are, he needs to throw to someone other than Keenan Allen. And yes, Austin Eckler is there and is going to get his. Yes, but I really there there will be enough targets for other guys. Agreed, and I. I think that it's Mike Williams because I, I think there's a pretty good drop off after Mike Williams, at least for this upcoming season. Agreed. Um, there's a reason he was taken. I, I want to say like seventh overall, top 10 for sure. Like he's talented. Yes. He's very talented.
0: Yeah, I, th- I agree with you 100%. And uh, that's why I like Parm because someone's going to fill that in, whether it's yep. Palmer, Parham. I just can't imagine Jared Cook on a week in, week out basis at the whatever age of. he is, right? like. Yeah, I think he'll probably play an important role, especially in key moments and stuff. I just can't see him playing 80% snap share or something like that. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
1: I agree. Um, um, also, if Kenny uh, if Kenny Aboa is that? No. yeah, He it was with him. the Jets, just got released. No, not him. Sorry. Who's the other one? I oh, always Trey get confused. Yes. If Trey McKinney, he was a third-round pick in the NFL draft, which is shocking. Um, but if he <laughs> is available on your waiver wire in Dynasty or can be gotten for cheap, grab him. He was a third round pick on a team that again, Donald I love Donald Parm but there's equally likely a chance that he just doesn't work out and after Jared Cook they have no one. True that. Just grab him. I agree wait. with that. I agree I with. I have you. him on like every taxi squad that I have. I, so. I don't
0: I think it's more like 99.9% sure that Donald Parm will pan out, but if That's you say 50, hey. if you say it's 50, it's somewhere in there. I am I'm, I'm much closer to ninety-nine percent, don't you worry. <laughs> Parm season, baby. Let's go. And then and then the Chiefs, you know, uh I've got them, you know, winning the division and with the best record in the AFC and getting that one seed. Uh, I think they're just that good. I mean, Mahomes is the queen chess piece, right? I mean, he's just yep. the absolute nuts. And he has Ty- Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. This is this train ain't slowing down. It's gonna be Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, and Ceh. I think everybody else is just a, a tertiary, ancillary uh, player in that offense that's gonna fill in little roles here and there, stretch the field, make a catch here and there. But those four, just fantasy goodness, uh, consolidated, uh, you know, fantasy point uh, output, and just roll with
1: those four. Don't try and talk yourself into Michael Hardman. Just I'm don't not. do it. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'm speaking more to the listener than you. I know Um, it's just just don't. I mean, I I mentioned it earlier. It's it's exactly what you said. It's going to be these guys and everyone else is just going to allow for Patrick Mahomes to throw for a billion yards and a billion touchdowns. But it won't be consistent enough that any of us will know. No, it's 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 going to be
0: Byron Pringle. It's going to be DeMarcus Robinson. It's going to be Nicole Hardman. You know who it's not going to be? Cornell Powell. No, it won't be Cornell Powell. Pour one out for him. It won't be Cornell Powell. It might be a little bit of Jarek McKinnon. Don't get me too excited. Uh,
1: I'm with you on that. Don't get me too excited. I don't know why I sang
0: that, but please sing the rest of the podcast. That's the only way I want you talking, is if. I
1: like. I mean, I could do it. Uh, I know you, you know, could. <laughs> background in music, but nobody wants that. I, 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 In my first Dynasty League, in my first startup, Jarek McKinnon was like my fifth or fourth round pick. <laughs> yeah. It was like the year he got signed by San Francisco. And then he tore his ACL, I think, about an hour after I made that pick. Um, I He was on my IR for like four seasons after that before I traded him. But it's a mix of like contempt... In my contempt, contempt, I think I said that right. In my heart for him, but also just like a very soft spot of like, I really want to see you succeed because I believe that I made the right pick, but then you just died over and over. Yes. Um, So, but I I actually agree with you. Don't sleep on Jarek McKinnon. Um, You never know. Yeah, and
0: I think his role will be that of a pass catching back, which could have Absolutely. some value in that offense, obviously. So, yeah. you know, there, he, there's just going to be room to run, uh, especially for his speed, if he's healthy. Of course, if he's healthy. Yeah, yep. You know, Darrell Williams will also take some. Like So, therefore, the sort of, quote-unquote, ceiling of Jarek McKinnon isn't really there. Um, it's dependent on
1: injury. But if you
0: had a other
1: people's injury,
0: if you had Daryl McKinnon, that guy I would be very interested in, you know, if it was a fair, yeah, right. A combination of Daryl Williams and Jerick McKinnon. I think that player is going to be pretty productive in this offense, but unfortunately they're
1: going to split it between the two. And I wish we could do a couple of those around the NFL. That would be really nice. Frankenstein's. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be beautiful. Well, Um,
0: we've finally come to where the listeners want to hear it. It's the AFC East. Where my are, the, are beloved, the listeners you? Where my beloved? It's <laughs> good one. Where my beloved Patriots reside? Will they be in the last position? I mean, obviously, with Zach Wilson, you know, they're probably the you know vying for the division. So tell me, who do you
1: have in the last place? It's obviously not the Patriots what? because it's very clearly the Jets. <laughs>
0: what i mean oh. obviously i know
1: you're making a joke but it's just god i think i have the jets with like i think i have them with another top five pick um and it, it would be a top five pick in the upcoming nfl draft but the jets are just like even if you like zach wilson which i think i like him more i i, I think i've been growing on him a lot you've been growing um, on him yeah that was a horrible way of saying that <laughs> like a like a um, cyst yeah, we're we're friends. He, you yeah. know, he's starting to feel better about me. He listens to the pod. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I love Elijah more. Uh, I was a big Denzel Mims fan. I, that's kind of faded a little bit. Um. But yeah, I have them with four wins. Uh. Which is two under there over under. I love it. Oh,
0: I. I mean, I put them at six wins, and the fact that you put them at four wins means that I don't hate them enough. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like the Bills and the. I mean, the Dolphins. It's like. But I hate those New York Jets. Just go straight to hell. All the New York teams, the New York Giants can suck it too. Holding over Eli Manning with his stupid face, holding over my New England Patriots. Y'all can go straight to hell, and you know it too. You know it's true. Lucky ass win. God damn it. Still sore. All right. Anyway, listen. Get. I'm moving on. I'm going to get over it. But Brady's not sore. There's only one that he's sore about. Oh my god. He is. He is. Wait. Which one? Which one is he sore about again?
1: Uh, pick one ninety nine probably. Uh no 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 <laughs> no one of the Super Bowl losses. He's only he, he got over the Eli ones. Did he? Oh yeah. Didn't you see the uh the inter I don't uh, know of
0: any other Super Bowl losses, just the Eli one.
1: Never heard of it. Oh. oh, okay.
0: All right, yeah, that's oh, that's Oh, that's, that's wait fair. the one where he threw for over five hundred yards on like five touchdowns, zero interceptions, and still somehow lost. That one? Yep, yep.
1: Oh, I can't yep. remember
0: who they played, but in any event either. I'm sure I'm sure it was a uh I can't remember. It's remember. a good
1: thing that you constantly tell your listeners that I'm a sad Philadelphia fan, <laughs> or they'd probably be very confused about this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't remember
0: where they played. People are going, it's the fucking Eagles, man. No, no, I know. All right. So well, me too. there is some pretty interesting value in New York. Uh, I think Zach Wilson will be, pff, I don't even know what to think he'll be. I think that- I don't know either. I you think see what Tony pro- Romo said? Yes. Of course, Mark Mathick. Shout out Mark uh, Mathick. yes. Yeah. Sharing all the positive Zach Wilson. You, y'all, if you listen to this show, y'all know who Mark Mathick is. Uh, at Master
1: June 70, yeah,
0: I believe. at Master June the 70. The FF Devil. Yep. Just go ahead and check him out on Twitter. He's got some great Zach Wilson threads. I've retweeted them, but they're just fantastic. He's curated all these... You know, uh, what's it, Chris Sims and Tony Romo and Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, all these quarterbacks who are just, you know, gaga over Zach Wilson. So we'll see, man. We'll see.
1: If he, I, Zach Wilson's the only reason I got him to six wins. He's probably a value. I I don't know if it'll translate to fantasy or the NFL this year, but I think long-term and dynasty, he's definitely a value because he was the second overall pick. He has that kind of drew lockness about him. What I was saying earlier, where like I don't think he'll ever just be the 13th best quarterback. I think he's either really just going to flame out or he's going to be like really, really good. If a little inconsistent, um, yeah, and I think his his floor is like Drew Locke, right? Like, Yeah, so exactly. He, I think it's a good comp if... I mean, he was drafted in the first round versus the second, so you've got that going for him, obviously, but still. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I mean, you know, in terms of... like, Right, so he'll be... If he was if he was Drew Locke, he'd... Drew Locke would... St- like, in other words, if Drew Locke were picked second overall, he'd be starting over Teddy Bridgewater. Exactly. That is 100% for sure. Um, but, so I think that, you know, he, his draft pedigree will... Uh, you know, buoy him to opportunity, so I, th- I don't think he's gonna be he's not Dwayne Haskins, you know. I, don't, no. I just don't think. I mean, that that, that well, that, we hope we didn't think Dwayne Haskins was Dwayne
1: Haskins. I didn't like Dwayne Haskins, Haskins. right? Um, but, you know, who knows, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really expect him to get cut after like what year two, unbelievable. Like, uh, and, and really, that was the topic. right move. Ron Rivera oh, saved, the saved the team, absolutely, absolutely.
0: So, so Zach Wilson has these weapons, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole listed as the starter. So like, you know, those five, I think there's going to be some disappointing outputs from all four of them, except for Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis is kind of locked in. I, I projected him as the only one over a hundred targets. As a matter of fact, the only one over like 80 targets, I think. The Where did other guy- he
1: end up in your, uh, end of season rankings? Like, uh,
0: yeah, he ended up, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of them clumped together because it's uh, projections, so there's a lot of guys with similar points. But he actually ended up at 49 if I maybe moved him up a little bit. Like, just one more touchdown, and he's at, like, 37 or something. You know what I mean? Like, So yeah. it jumps quick. So I think he's right outside that WR3 range where you're comfortable taking him. Um, you know, I think that's fine. You know, after, you know, the Tyler Boyds, Debo Samuels, Jerry Judys, And, you know, another player that I'll talk about here in a moment is Jacoby Myers, I think should be Mm, uh, very tasty in that sort of flex range outside of the wide receiver threes. But, you know, right after that sort of group, I mean, you know, probably taking Michael Pittman ahead of him, but um, Mike Williams, Corey Davis, he's right in that ballpark, don't you think?
1: I agree. I've ended up with Corey Davis in probably too many of my redraft leagues so far Um, because I've normally gone early tight end, early running back. And I'm kind of, you know, taking shots on wide receiver in kind of like that six to eight, six to nine range. Um, And I see Corey Davis there and I'm looking at the guys around him and I'm just like he's going to be the wide receiver one. If Zach Wilson is what they hope he is as the second overall pick, like we saw what Justin Herbert could do with Keenan Allen. Obviously I'm not expecting that for Corey Davis, but if he gets hyper targeted, there's a very realistic outcome where Corey Davis is a consistent, you know, wide receiver two flex option every week. And that's really good value. Yeah, for sure. I did not project him at his ceiling for sure, because, yeah. you know, I had to
0: put, you know, like Keelan Cole got 52 targets and, you know, uh, Moore and Mims got around 60, 70 targets. And, you know, uh, Jamison Crowder, 78. Like, I don't think that's actually happening. I just had to give them all some modicum of targets because I think they're all possibilities. But it's probably that one of them ends up with 20 or 30 targets. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just don't know who. And it's uh, speaking of not knowing who, there, the other value proposition that the uh-huh. Jets, um, you know, currently pose is... Is that running back? Everybody's so excited about Michael Carter. I love Michael Carter, but you know, a day three pick on a bad team where he's listed as the third running back on the depth chart behind Tevin Coleman and starter Ty Johnson. I don't know if that's yep. going to be the way it goes. I projected them all between 100 and 125 carries, like because I don't know, but when there's uncertainty, take the cheapest one and somehow or another the listed starter it's probably yeah is the cheapest ty johnson so he's got a lot of a lot of value right now i'd certainly be looking to grab him as well as tyler croft um yeah you know i don't think he's gonna yeah he's not exactly uh i don't think he's gonna be a top level guy but like you know in all these dynasty leagues i'm in i just kind of scoured where Tyler Croft was and just grabbed him. And most of them, I mean, some of them are shallow where he's just not even, I mean, oh, let's yeah. face it. I mean, he's probably, he might not even be a top 30 tight end. I mean, I get it, but if he does see some, some target share, it's possible. He's, you know, he could score five, six, seven touchdowns and be a tight end 15 or something It's possible. So, you yeah. know, he's certainly the starter and, you know, stranger things have happened. A uh, young quarterback looking for the easier targets—that could be—that could be Croft. Um, so I think there's just a lot of unknown value there, which is why I'm looking to take the cheaper ones. I look—I think you're right with Corey Davis. I think he is the sort of the the only one that's going to be for sure. But you know, I'll take Denzel Mims when he falls super super far. I'll take Ty Johnson. I'll take Tyler Croft. Keelan Cole tevin coleman i even have in a few spots just because i think he's gonna get a chance but you know these are all super cheap and the jets suck balls so we have to keep that in mind so let's I, them- yeah
1: i will say i think people got a little too excited about michael carter he was a really big yeah. draft uh twitter favorite before the draft then obviously he went in i think what the fourth round day three um and i think he's really talented but i also think that there's a really good chance that we don't see anything from him until the second half of the year. All right. So you um, don't you don't like
0: you don't like the Jets. So now do you have the Patriots there? Uh, you know, as the third worst at least?
1: I actually do. Yeah. Oh But it's it's a it, it's a tie technically in wins. I love it. Um so I I have the Pats and the Dolphins both at nine wins. Tell the uh, producer to cut to to mark this spot
0: so that we can play this back on a future episode. Go right ahead, please.
1: Uh, yeah, so I, I gave the Pats nine wins. I gave the Dolphin Dolphins nine wins, which I just want to find their over under real quick. Pat, uh, Pats were nine and a half, and the Dolphins are nine and a half as well. So, yeah. wow, okay. I didn't realize how close I was to both of them. Um, but yeah, I, I had the Dolphins making it in as the seventh seed. So the last wild card spot would technically come down to the Pats and the Dolphins, um, at least in my scenario. Uh, but what it really comes down to, two for me is i think the dolphins i think the dolphins roster is really really good i think two is going to take a step forward and it somewhat depends on the health of their wide receivers but they had no one to throw to last year and they were still as good as they were so um i think mac jones is a good quarterback but i think he's still a rookie quarterback i think that they have whole more holes on their roster than the dolphins uh and that's kind of what that sort of tiebreaker is for me yeah, you can eat shit and die. Okay, so Fair.
0: here's the one thing I'll say too is that the Jets have to face the three very good coaches in Flores and Belichick, and you know the the Bills are just coached so well, top to bottom. Sean like, McDermott, yep. right? McDermott's been great. That whole, but the whole team, like they're just so well coached. So three unbelievably well coached teams with pretty damn good defenses. Good luck, Zach Wilson, in that division, at least. Uh, I agree with you. The Dolphins have built and built correctly. I do think they're going to – I have them at eight wins. I think they're going to be an eight- or nine-win team. I think they're going to finish third. And I do think that the Bills and Patriots will finish ahead of them. Um, I assume then you have the Dolphins second and the Bills first. That's that's yep. cute. That's cute. I think it still runs through Foxborough. Patriots twelve wins, Bills eleven wins. Patriots, oh, are you're win. insane. Patriots are going to win that damn division. they finally um, I'm marking m- this down. You to fucking come back mark to it this. down. Mark it down. You think I'm gonna? You think I'm gonna come on this fucking podcast and pick the Bills to win the goddamn division? Get the oh, hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. This ain't happening. Patriots, baby, we're gonna win the division. It's the only homer pick I've got because it's everything it's else the only, it's is it's the no, only home you've got. That's it. So. Boom. Bring them they're they're winning. First of all, I do I do kind of think there's some, it's a homer pick. I mean, if I were betting all the money, I'd understand why the Bills would be favored to win the division, but that's not how I roll here. So, uh what I like about the Patriots, right? So the Patriots have one of the best offensive lines in the sport. They have two tight ends that are also going to play a lot. They have a quarterback who I think is processing information and Obviously, has won over Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, who I don't know. I mean they they've seen good quarterback play for a few years. I think they know what they're looking for. Um, I think they're ready to go. I think they're all ready to go. The defense got a lot better. They had a ton of COVID sitouts last year. Yep. Uh, Gil, Gilmore's out for the first six weeks, which is a little bit of a problem. But I think that they've got you know they've got good uh, secondary play. Uh, their front is going to be really really badass i think they're they're going to be a very very formidable team they're gonna be able to run the football i think they're gonna be able to pass it um efficiently i don't think they're gonna be prolific i think they're gonna be very efficient which is exactly what mac jones has shown he yep. moved the ball every single drive uh i forgot who i was listening to. i think it, oh it was warren sharp of course fucking the genius warren sharp yep. love him uh was talking about how every drive was like 70 yards in either a field goal or a touchdown. He didn't turn the ball over. He only had a couple of punt drives. Like Mac Jones was very efficient. Now, granted, that's preseason, but I think they've found their future. I think he's going to be an excellent uh, system quarterback, so to speak. Um, and uh, that team is, I, I think th- th- that's where I disagree. with I think the roster is just better in New England. Uh, you know, and then, you know, of course, the Bills are going to be really dope. They're going to just throw it every, every damn down. And the bills are going to be like, I mean, I, the, the fa- you got to fade Singletary and Moss at this point. I mean, they just they're going to throw it every down.
1: Yeah, I mean, they literally have already shown that they have no issue doing that in the playoffs. The, um, right? They have, they have no problem doing it. Um, I I still. When they're a value, I grab one of them. Yeah. Because there's always a chance. And if you can have the possibility, I I guess I I lean more towards Moss because we've already seen Singletary have the opportunity. And he was good, but then they drafted Zach Moss still and chose not to run it with him. Um, I'm picking him up again. I, you know, I'm not expecting it, but at the value, at least in Dynasty more so than Redraft, like the value that they're at, I think is probably too low. I might as well. That's kind of where I'm at with that. But I, I will say one of the surprising uh, players that I found when I did my projections
0: was Jalen Waddle. Um, really? I mean, he popped and I, I, you know, wasn't, I, you know, of course, I wasn't trying to. I don't even like Jalen Waddle. I've been kind of fading him a little bit. Who knows? He could have a big season. Uh, there's certainly some opportunity there, whether it's, you know, Will Fuller getting hurt. Devontae Parker not being a, a quote unquote Tua a guy. Um, it, I, I don't know. This, this could be a, a pretty big spot for um, Jalen Waddle. So, um, I, th- I think Will
1: Fuller is going to outproduce him. It, personally, yeah. it's um, certainly
0: within the realm of possibilities. That's for sure.
1: Obviously, like injuries are injuries. That's obvious. Will Fuller is most likely going to miss more than just the one game due to suspension uh, because of injuries, but. Every time he's been on the field, he's been fantastic. Like Just, just every time. And understandably, yeah, it's Deshaun Watson. I think Tua is a good quarterback. I think he's going to take a step forward. Um, I think Fuller has proved something that Waddle hasn't yet. And that's you know that's not Waddle's fault. He just hasn't been in the NFL before, obviously. Um, but I think Will Fuller is just a very legitimate talent. He's a legitimate NFL talent. I think he's going to make Tua's life easier. Um, because it's not you know it's not just getting open on deep routes like he's consistently beating man to man coverage. So um, I, I've been taking Will Fuller a decent amount actually late in dynasty startups and also in redraft because I think he's a really good value similar to how he was last year. And look what happened—he was a top like eight wide receiver uh, for the first half of the year before he was uh, suspended. So obviously, yeah, injuries are a thing though.
0: So. I'm I'm gonna read you something, and this is a Jacoby Myers tweet. Starting in week seven last year. These are Jacoby Myers targets per game six, 10, 14, 7, 3, 6, 6, 5, 10, six, seven.
1: Hmm. Um, I really. You don't th- need to convince <laughs> me on Jacoby Myers. I will say that. I like him. I like him a lot. <sighs> right? I mean, I think
0: he's going to see 100 targets and at his current ADP. Might as well just smash him because I think he's just going to be the, you know, he he just sort of reminds me of the Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, you know, prototype. Julian
1: Edelman, Wes Walker. Right.
0: Like, this sort of just talented slot who just is always open, catches everything that's thrown at him, runs perfect routes. Like he's just a technician. He's just a damn good professional wide receiver. He's never going to be elite, in my opinion. He's not Antonio Brown or anything like that. Nope. He's just this guy that's going to get it done, super reliable with an accurate quarterback. Now, I mean, yep. you know, a and lot. I think of, I think Mac yeah. Jones
1: is going to like him a lot. I yes. think Mac Jones is really going to like him.
0: So I, I really like um, you know uh, Jacoby Myers this year. Um, I think we were all kind of getting a little bit excited about um, you know Nelson Aguilar maybe became being the quote-unquote WR1, I don't know that he is. I think it's going to be Aguilar is going to have his spots, but I think it's going to be uh, Jacoby Myers as the wide receiver one. I think you're going to see Aguilar, Myers, the two tight ends, and a running back, and that's how they're going to play a lot Um, when they go to three wide. I think it's going to be Kendrick Bourne, poor one out, Nikhil Harry, and Bourne will have a little bit of value there as well, but um, Johnu Smith is the guy who also popped in my projections um, I think he's going to be, um, you know, targeted pretty, pretty heavily. Um, and when he does get targets, you got to think, what are they going to do with this team? They're going to run the ball with this behemoth offensive line that just shoves people all over the place, and then they're going to fake that, <laughs> run play action, and rip the seam with, you know, with John o. Smith. So I think he's going to have a couple of big weeks, and um, that, that, that's kind of what I see as their sort of modus operandi in, in, uh, in New England.
1: Yeah, so I couldn't disagree with you more on Johnny Smith um, and Hunter Henry. I I just, I I have not wavered a second since they both got signed to New England. Everyone, you know, obviously it starts by people screaming about Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski and people being like, Oh, he's, he's done it before. He's gonna do it again, and no, he's not. It's and him being Bill Belichick, like it's yeah. not gonna happen again. It maybe, yeah, if Hunter Henry is injured, sure, possibly. Uh, there's also very an equally likely chance that Johnny Smith is the one that's injured and Hunter Henry gets the more targets. Hunter Henry has performed better in the NFL than Johnny Smith. He's of the two of them. He's the one that's proved that he can produce as a capable fantasy tight end, not Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith has had the opportunity and he has not consistently proven anything. And I don't think that a place like new England with another elite tight, not elite, but uh, another uh, valuable tight end, a high paid tight end um, with a rookie quarterback and two wide receivers that I think I think rightfully so we have a reason to be excited about is the place that they're not to mention James White on third down is the place where we're going to see this breakout since 2010, which is you know obviously the NFL is a much more pass happy offense, but that's also the first year of Gronk and Hernandez. Um, there have been, uh, I think, you know, two main offenses that have had consistently like, you know, two rosterable tight ends in fantasy, two startable tight ends in fantasy. Those are actually the Eagles from 2018 to 2020, and the Patriots from 2010 to 2012. Uh, Patriots, obviously, had Hernandez and Gronk. Everyone always loves to bring them up whenever there's multiple tight ends. And then there's Ertz and Goddard with uh, Philly in the most recent years. Um, So obviously, in those years in New England, in 2010, you had Hernandez was the tight end 11, and Gronk was the tight end 14. 2011 was the big year that everyone, I think, thinks Of uh, in a more consistent manner than it actually was, where Hernandez was the tight end three and Gronk was the tight end one. Uh, The following year in 2012, Hernandez was the tight end 19 and Gronk was the tight end five. Now, in points per game, Hernandez was tight end six and Gronk was tight end one. They both missed some games and that kind of impacts it. Uh, In Philly, there was one year where they were both top 10 and that was 2019 with four and 10 Ertz and Goddard. Other than that, uh, you had... Ertz is the tight end 2, Goddard is tight end 20 and 18, uh, and in 2020 is the tight end 33 and the tight end 20 for Ertz and Goddard. The yearly splits since then have also just been, again, just astronomical in terms of points scored, uh, completions, attempts, passing yards, touchdowns, and net yards per pass attempt. The offenses all ranked like top 5 in the league for all of those things. And that was the only way that we've ever seen offenses consistently produce two startable fantasy tight ends. That brings me to basically saying that, do I think that this offense led by Mac Jones, not Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time? I wouldn't go so that that far. I don't think Mac Jones is that good yet. You're getting ahead of yourself. Well, no. Well, that's what I feel like you're making fun of me, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mac Jones is not Tom Brady in 2011 when he was, you know, basically at his prime. I guess he's still fucking there at this point, but they (laughs) were top five in every offensive category that matters. And they produced two top five fantasy options at tight end. That is not going to happen this year. That offense is not going to be that good. And if it is. I I don't think anyone is like, I don't think anyone will be expecting it. Like, I don't think you're expecting it to be a top five offense in the league. And I think that's the only way that you can actively think that uh, these guys are going to do that. And now keep in mind, they were also the one and two options on that offense. Gronk and Hernandez were the one and two options. I guess was that Wes Welker, Julian Edelman. I always get their timelines confused at that point. Um, But this team has Oh, okay. So that was Walker still, um, who obviously was arguably the second or third option behind Gronk uh, slash Hernandez. But you look at it this year, Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar, I think are going to demand targets because I think Nelson Aguilar is better than he was in Philly. He showed that last year with the Raiders. Not incredible, not amazing, but he's better than I think we like to admit. And then you've got Janu, you've got James White, and you've got Hunter Henry. Unless this is a top five offense, they're not going to produce two fantasy tight ends. And even if they are, they're not going to be the top two options. If you're ignoring injuries and you're saying that no one's going to get injured, I just don't think there's a possible way to predict that either of these tight ends are going to be startable every week in fantasy consistently. And that's why I'm not drafting them in Redraft. I have no interest in them in Dynasty because you'd be counting on one of them to get injured. And honestly, I don't know which one I would count on to get injured because they both deal with it. So... Yeah, that was a lot of numbers, but I have a very strong feeling toward that particular part of that offense.
0: So you're you're basically right in everything that you said. Uh the one thing that I, I sort of would push back at, first of all, people forget. Like anytime people want to reincarnate the Gronk Hernandez thing, I mean, pour one out for Aaron Hernandez, but well, he yeah. was as skilled a player as I've ever seen. I mean, he was yes. Electric. And, but here's the one thing that I would share with you that goes overlooked when we talk about that to tight end usage. First of all, Gronk was a tight end, Aaron yep. Hernandez played a different position. Yep. He would he would swing around, line up in the backfield, they'd pitch it to him, they'd run little reverses for him, they'd do all sorts of weird shit, little slip screens, little fake, you know, traps, and then he'd he leak everything. out. Like everything was so creative with him. He was like this H back type of thing. Here's what I think. I think Hunter Henry plays the Gronk role at 10% of what Gronk is. In other words, he's yeah. not Gronk. I'm not even coming. No, but he's he's in the more regular tight end Traditional role. Traditional tight end role, in line blocker, you know, he's going to he's going to play that role, not to that degree, but Janu Smith playing the Aaron Hernandez role, again, I don't think he's as good a player as Aaron Hernandez was, so I agree with you there, but I think he's a a closer proxy to Aaron Hernandez than Hunter Henry is to Gronk. And so I think when we see the rubber hit the road, Bill Belichick will have a, a pretty uh, uh, good idea as to how to use John U. Smith, how to get him into space, how to use him in the running game, how to use him in the reverse game, how to use him in the screen game, how to use him in the play action game. You know, he's going to be, I think he's going to be the one that is actually targeted and making big plays. Whereas I think Hunter Henry, more on the goal line, uh, you know, just a lot less targets. As I started to run the mental exercise of what I thought would happen with that team, that's kind of where I ended up. Now, you got to remember, even, you know, I think it was the 2012 season, they were throwing the ball all over the place. I mean, Welker had 174 targets. Brandon Lloyd had 131 targets. Holy smokes. They were first in points scored, fourth in attempts, (laughs) fourth in passing yards, fourth in touchdowns. Unbelievable. So, I mean, to replicate that's not happening. I mean, none of that's happening. None of that is happening. It's going to be a totally different, you know, situation. I just said Jacoby Myers might get to 100. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit more muted, of course. Like, it's not going to be that offense. But I do think that they know how to use them. And, you know, going back, it's going to be Lloyd is going to be Aguilar. Welker is going to be Jacoby Myers. You know, Hernandez will be Janu, and, you know, Gronk will be, uh, you know, and they had Danny Woodhead too. That's James White. I mean, I think that's kind of what you look at with that team. Uh, Again, not to that level. They, you know, but they were 12 and four. So maybe I'm right on it. I mean, this could be, maybe that's what it is, man. Sign me up for 174 targets
1: for Jacoby Myers. Let's, let's roll. All right. Well, last thing before we move off of that, because I just want to say one more thing. I, I I guess I feel like we agree on a lot of things in terms of the way that we're thinking about this. I guess what it just comes down to it is I agree that Hunter Henry will be in the, the, the more traditional tight end role. Yeah. Um, and even if they did have this kind of usage, I think what it comes down to for me is, you know, Aaron Hernandez was clearly a better wide receiver, uh, you know, just a pass catcher, a better p- football player than Wes Welker and Brandon Lloyd. I don't know if Johnny is better than Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar, let alone Hunter Henry, because when has he ever actually shown us that he is the guy that everyone loves. Oh my God, Jonu going to break out this. Oh, he did that one thing that one time where he was awesome. Wow. I can't wait for Delaney Walker to get out of the way. If he was that good, Delaney Walker wouldn't have been in the way. And he would have actually produced when Delaney Walker wasn't there, produced consistently.
0: I just, I hear you. I understand that. Janu, yeah. Janu was a, you know, he's, he's, he's 26 years old. This is when tight ends break out. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, every time he, he touches the ball, like he's like
1: 35, honestly, every time he point. touched
0: the ball, he's electric. I mean, you know, um, he had in 2019, he had four carries for 78 yards. Like they gave him the ball twice in, in, uh, in 20, like literally handed to him twice. Like. I don't know. I just, if you're asking me over under seven carries this year, it's over. Like he's going to be, oh, yeah. little, I'm just saying he has six career carries. Like I just think yeah. he's going to be given little reverses and things like that. I just think he's going to be schemed into the, into the, into the play calls. Um, And, and that's what I, I mean. And I could be wrong. Like I, I'm, I'm ready to be wrong, but he had eight touchdowns last year. He started off great. I don't know, man, Noah Fant and John U. Smith, both last year. I was like, you watch a Denver game, and Noah Fant looked like the best tight end in the league. He'd get four or five targets in the first half. He gets zero in the second half. You're like, I don't understand it. Like, I, I I literally don't understand what the like. Why are they going away from this guy who can't be tackled? Like he's just wide open, r- ripping the seam wide open. And they're just like, yeah, well, that's too easy. Let's just do something harder, you know? It's like ridiculous. So, I don't know. Um, you know, coaching usage does dictate some of these things. I'm not saying. Look, he had he had 65 targets in 15 games. I, I think I, I paced him for like uh, 75 or 80. I just think he just gets a slight uptick. I think he's utilized in the offense. Obviously, he was a target for Bill Belichick because he went out and got both of those guys immediately. So, and Nelson Aguilar. I think that means something, you know, I think, you know, he didn't accidentally sign these two fucking tight ends, you know, it was like, Oh, we already had one? Shit. Oh, fuck. Oh, well, I'll just keep them. I get like this was a plan, right? You know what I
1: mean? This is, I like- will say, I love it for NFL. <coughs> I, and that is, that is, I think, the, the, the biggest part of my argument is NFL wise. I believe that Bill Belichick knows exactly what he's doing, right? Because why wouldn't I? I believe that Mac Jones is going to have four very good passing options, even if you're not counting James White, because of these two wide receivers and two tight ends, right? I just, that does not mean anything anything for fantasy because we've seen it not mean anything for fantasy a billion times there could be some target cannibalism let's just put it that way yes
0: uh, let's let's finish the show by telling people who we think is going to the super bowl and who's who's the number one seed so i have the chiefs as the number one seed did we talk
1: about the bills at all
0: fuck the bill no i'm joking go right ahead talk about the bills gabe davis wide receiver one i mean obviously
1: yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll just say this. I think Josh Allen is probably going to regress a little bit, um, but I think that's okay. I think it's expected because the jump he made was just absolutely completely ridiculous. Um, but I do think he's closer to that than he was, you know, what he was two years ago. Agreed. Um, Stephon Diggs is going gonna to keep being Stephon Diggs. Um, they're probably not going to run the ball a lot. We did talk about that. Right. Um, I agree that I think by the end of the season, Gabe Davis will be the wide receiver, too, on the team. Um, and I think he's pretty highly discounted right now and surprisingly not being talked about, even as much as guys like Darnell Mooney uh, in worse offenses um so right what's interesting about the conversation I was listening to somebody
0: I don't remember I try to listen to a lot of things just to try and uh, they were saying oh if uh if any one of those three guys gets hurt Gabe Davis could have a role and I'm like what the like what I don't understand why you know Gabe Davis even in this last preseason game with with uh Josh Allen was unguardable and just like you know, he had the touchdown across the middle, like from 38 yards. He was just, it was like fucking easy. I don't mean to look Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders aren't making that play. They're just not, no. they're not six, four 15 running down the middle wide open faster. And, you know, I, he's just a, he's a really athletic player. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm everybody knows. I love Gabe Davis. I have cooled a little bit just because obviously there's been a lot of word and in, in camp that he's running as the number four. I just think when it comes right down to it, dude's going to have to get targeted a little bit more than, you know, than that. Uh, But we'll see, man. Maybe every time he plays, he's just good. Like he's just been on a per target basis, on a per route run basis, on a per catch basis, everything. Like you just look at it, you're like, well, that dude's pretty good. And he's playing in a pass happy offense with, you know, Cole Beasley, who who knows exactly what the fuck that dude's doing. I mean, he's, he's certainly a special kind of character. Um, and Emmanuel Uh Sanders is on the wrong side of 30 and has, you know, I don't know. I mean, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be that good? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'll put my chip on Gabe Davis and let it roll. I mean, you know, I wasn't, I didn't even get him in either of the two, um, startups we did. So maybe I, I, I probably lost my will a little bit, but you know, Maybe I'll just go trade for him right now because you got me depressed. I'm I, play Gabe well, Davis, damn it! I guess I just ruined this podcast. Fuck yeah, you got to crap me talk out about the Bills. Let's Oops. go! Exactly, yeah, exactly right. But I love Gabe Davis. I just think he's a really talented player. Hopefully, hopefully he'll see his way through and and play. So, look, one seed. You've got the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs. They're getting the buy. It's hard to pick against them. Uh, who did you have as your two seed though? Was that the, I had Bills? the Bills? Yeah,
1: yep, Bills as the two seed.
0: So I got the Browns there. That's fun. Um, obviously, as the three seed, you've got the Browns, correct? Yep. I've got the Patriots Browns. there, and then the four seed. We both have the Titans, correct? Correct. And then we've got I've got the Bills at the five seed. <laughs> you have the Ravens there, right? No, I have the Chargers. Chargers, at the five yeah. Seed
1: Actually, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I mean, the five, six, and seven. I've got Bills, Ravens, Chargers.
1: You've got. Chargers, Ravens, Dolphins. Right, fuck my Pats. And I will say so Can't wait for the much- Ravens and the Chargers both tied at ten wins. I gave it to the Chargers because I don't know, imaginary reasons. Um, and the Dolphins and the Pats tied for the seventh seed and I gave it to the I Dolphins. can't wait for like November. And it's just, you know, the Dolphins are
0: coming to the fucking New England and you're like, that's that's your wagon that you're hitched to. I can't wait for that fucking game. I mean, I'm barely hitched to that wagon. I just think you're an insane person. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. So either way, I mean, there's going to be some pretty dope games. I, You know, I've got Browns, Chargers, Patriots, Ravens. Wow. Uh, Titans, Bills. Uh, what do you have?
1: Oh, God. So what? The two,
0: seven, three, six, four, five.
1: Oh, Lord. OK. The two C would be the Bills playing the Dolphins. Uh, actually, the Bills playing the Dolphins. Yep. I have the six playing the three. So the Ravens playing the Browns. I nice. have two division games. And then the five playing the force of the Titans playing the Chargers. Yeah, just it's going to be awesome. And uh, so, you know,
0: I think we both have the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl or do you have anybody else as your Super Bowl pick for this for this AFC?
1: (sighs) I mean, I wouldn't bet on anyone but the Chiefs. I like the Bills a lot. I just I think it'll probably be Bill's Bills Chiefs again. I just think that like the Chiefs are just so good. I it's hard to realistically expect anyone else because of how good they are and how consistent they are. Yeah, my so. uh,
0: my 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 sort of dark horse sleeper is the Chargers. I think the Chargers just have so much going for them on both sides of the ball. You know, they've got the elite quarterback. That's one of the reasons that you know, as much as I'm kind of not really joking about my Patriots, but I just don't think they have that high end uh, ability yet because they don't have that quarterback. It sounds like Herbert took the step he needed to take. And if he takes one more step with a better defense and better weapons and a much better offensive line, they could be a very, very dangerous team and the type of team that beat the chiefs in the playoffs last year, you know, a well-rounded team with both sides of the ball uh, and a defense that, that can rush. So, you know, the chargers could be that team that could beat the, the, the chiefs in the playoffs. And, you know, they, they'll be familiar. They'll have played twice during the regular yep. season. So, you know, if, if the Chiefs beat them twice during the regular season, we all know the 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 numbers about you know beating yep. a team three times. There's all that. So the Chargers could get dangerous and would be a great Super Bowl pick. I'm sure it's going to be trendy for a lot of people picking that one. But uh, there you have it. That's the AFC. I'll actually,
1: real quick, I'll throw out the Dolphins as a dark horse. Fuck Um, And this is only, you know, I don't even, I don't think I even like them that much. But I think when I look at their roster, it's a really good roster. And I think also so many of the last couple seasons, like what have we we seen? We've seen Patrick Mahomes walk (sighs) into his second year, win the MVP, uh, almost go to the Super Bowl. We see Lamar Jackson win the MVP in his second season. Um, we, uh, Josh Allen was more, he was a third season breakout, but still like we see these young quarterbacks taking that step forward. I think the Chargers are the easy one because Justin Herbert was so good. I would not be shocked to see Tua take that step forward that everyone thought that he should be who he was, you know, like, and they have, so, they, their roster is just really good. It's a and good I, roster. It's hard for me to get but past I can't that, wait so. f- for the NFC where I pick the Cowboys and the
0: Washington football team to make the, uh, NFC championship game. And just- I mean, spoiler mm hate your fucking Philadelphia oh, Eagles. God. I mean, hey, I if mean, you want
1: to saddle your wagon there, you go right ahead. Sir. I
0: might. You don't know what I'm going to say for this NFC. The NFC, I mean, obviously we've got Brady, which, you know, once he retires, then all bets are off. But until then. No, that's fair. It's, all right. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll drop the NFC here in a couple of days, but the AFC is in the books. Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Chargers going to push him. Obviously, the Patriots, uh, you know, one has them winning the division. One has them not making the playoffs. I wonder which one is which. Uh, the Homer you know, jerk or the uh you know the Philly jerk. I mean, it's one of us jerks
1: anyway, but on hey, behalf- Garving Menchu said that he knew about Philly that we are nice fans. Oh, That we are kind. That was clearly a joke but honestly I, I love it I I will now die for him because he he already has the right attitude as a third string quarterback and we I love it love third behind Flacco
0: Flaccid anyway look uh, for right now absolutely I love Gardner Minshew and he's you know he's he's awesome so um but uh it was it was wonderful having you we're gonna do the NFC together so uh we'll, we'll say sayonara for now uh thanks Michael Duncan for for joining me and you were great man you did a great job Other than the terrible, terrible Patriots takes you have, you are outstanding today. Really, really awesome. So, on behalf of everybody here at the Untroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the great Michael P. Duncan, this is Jax Falcone. We out.